All right, ladies and gents, we're back for another episode of the John X Mike podcast. It's John X Fire here with Mike LaPhoenix. Mike, how are you feeling today now? I'm not doing too bad, John. It's been a been a bit of a weird time, hasn't it? I mean, a lot of news going around, a lot of news for Dota, a lot of bad news for Dota, I'd say, John, but plenty of news going around the world, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, the, the world news has been pretty up and down. We've had a pretty good event, at least, in Dota 2, which was also not left untouched by world events, which is yeah. something. Um, I've had, personally, I've had um, a pretty packed schedule, uh, apparently. I've been, because my dad wanted me to try to get this operation done for my eyes, right? So it's going to be a bit of a surprise right. for some people, but I'm, I might lose my glasses, and that's wow. going to be pretty fun. So I, I've had that, like, I, I was supposed to, I told the clinic I wanted my checkup done next week. It was done this week. So everything got pushed around or podcast got pushed forward. I had a couple of casts last minute because uh, one of our Filipino casters couldn't do something with Jong, with our friend Jong, Crest, PH. So I had right. to step in as well and cover some community tournament yesterday. At, at the least, I had Ohio to cast. So it's been a busy week, Mike. Uh, I, even outside of the world events, it's just been pretty busy, you know, just hectic. Well, tell me about it, John. I mean, we, we may as well start on a personal note before we get into the depressing stuff. What's uh, well, what's the eye surgery? What are they doing? So I'm probably going to be getting... Uh, it's called TransPRK, I think. It's not LASIK. So the difference is LASIK, you know, they pop your eyes up and then they slice a little bit of your eye down. And then they they make a flap, they pull that down, and then they operate on the area of the eye under that flap. And then they put it back in. Um, mine, because my, my vision's so bad, doing that <laughs> is not feasible because they're going to have to cut a lot of tissue away, you know, to shape the cornea. Right. So <clears throat> for me, the safest bet is going to be... Um, just directly on the eye. That saves tissue. It means that someone with bad vision like me doesn't need to worry because, yeah, cutting through like that will leave less tissue. So they're mm-hmm. going to be... Yeah, it, it's direct to the eye. The issue is I'm going to have to wear like a bandage contact contact lenses for like a week and it's going to be pretty... I I hear it's uncomfy. It's uh maybe going to be irritating or um, itchy. The eyes are going to be a lot itchier for like a week, but I don't think it's going to be too problematic. Um, anyways, it's like that dead period before DPC, and my dad oh, was good. insistent I like get that done while I can because if my vision degrades further, it probably can't be done. And right. you know we're we're not getting any younger every year, Mike. So <laughs> so he's like, just do it now. And the LASIK center has like a early bird discount. So right now their prices are like I think twenty thousand pesos less. Um, wow! And it's actually pretty cheap overall. Like I've been told that I was looking at LASIK in like Singapore. It's like three thousand dollars. I was like, what? Three thousand dollars? And then I'm pretty sure worse here to be honest. Yeah, that's uh, what I hear. I was talking to I think yeah. uh, Musica about it because he was like, hey John, are you free? I'm like, no, nah, I I've got operations, and it's like, okay, cool. And it's like, I told him the price. Here, it's like 60,000 pesos for both eyes. Right. So that's like, I want to say, I don't know if that's $1,000, $700? $60,000. It's pretty cheap. 700, 800 US. So yeah, it's like for the entire operation, that's that's like a 
yeah, it's not like a major operation, but you know, it's still a medical procedure. And I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do it. Well, it's still for you know, still cheaper by twenty thousand pesos, and let's get no glasses. That's why I had like a, a Facebook story or Instagram story where I was asking I glasses or no glasses. I'm like, I want to see what people think. Everyone seems to think the glasses are better, Mike. You know, it's part of me now. Really? Yeah. I voted no glasses on that uh, on that vote, by the way. Just so you know, I mean, I don't mean to rule my anonymity however you pronounce that word the anonymous part of things but i did vote that i actually liked it without the glasses jonathan so there you go i thought i thought you looked more what's the word for i'm trying to figure out the word it's like you you looked more almost manly i want to say like it looked <laughs> I, I think the the whole stubble thing even suited you a little bit with the glasses off right because it just i guess without the glasses you need something on your face to you know you need something, right? That's why I wear a beard, for example, right? Like you can't, like you've seen me, you know, baby faced and it oh, just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't appeal as much to people. Like it's not as easy on the eyes apparently or whatever. Anyway, John, I hope your, uh, your surgery goes very well, sir. Best of yeah, luck you, to you. you. Uh, very good to hear how cheap it is, John. $700 wouldn't even get you a hospital bed in Australia. So there, there you go. But, uh, yeah, no, legit. I mean, calling an ambulance costs you about $700 where I live, John. So, you know. Very Jeez. glad to hear that it's not crazy expensive yep. in the Philippines. Yeah, pretty affordable. And there you go. I mean, we'll hopefully see John X Fire without glasses very soon, and maybe magically your your beard will start growing a little <laughs> bit more. Maybe your face will recognize that your your glasses aren't there anymore, yeah. and yeah, you know, you'll get a beard going for yourself. Hopefully, still, John. There's a lot to talk about recently, mm. and I, again, I, I feel like this is all very depressing news. But we have to, you have to talk about it because it does involve esports now, right? Mm. And I, I want to ask you a few questions because I've had a lot of thoughts over the past few days and I'm I'm honestly glad that the podcast got delayed, right? Because the the day we were going to do the podcast, what was it? 2 days ago? Yep. Right. So 2 days ago we went to the meant to do the podcast. A lot of news came in. It was quite fresh. Kind of hard to, you know, to to kind of think about all, all these little things that could be going on. So obviously, you know, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that, you know, Ukraine's currently getting invaded by Russia. And I don't think John and I need to say this because I feel like it's common sense. But obviously, John and I denounce the war and we don't want anyone getting hurt or anyone being invaded. And so Valve ends up cancelling the Eastern European CIS region DPC, which I don't even want to argue about. I think you have to do it. Obviously, it's a war zone right now. Uh, there, there's no choice of, you know, you, you don't run a DPC when there's a war going on in a certain region, right? Like, you just can't do that. So I, I can appreciate and I can agree with Valve's stance on on that side of things to just delay uh, AEU and CIS till, till later on. Uh, John, do you have any comments on that? Because I feel like it's it's pretty common sense kind of decision here from Valve. Yeah, cancelling the EU, EU DPC makes sense. It's like, you're, yeah. you don't want to risk the players um you know having to go around especially players in ukraine of course uh it's gonna be hard for them to play so you know mm. prioritize your safety call it up for now i do worry about i mean down the line the implications for that towards say the major is you know i'm not sure what's gonna go on with one region down let's say if it, if yeah. they don't manage to fit that in if not if this doesn't settle in by around that time period then i think that's where you might have troubles you know, domino effect coming through, but it has to be done. Like you, you can't, yeah. you can't run it. It's like there's just no way right now. No, 
I think we we all kind of agree on that. Like again, it's it's kind of common sense. Just never gonna. It's never gonna work. There's gonna be way too many complications with running a DPC region while there's a literal invasion going on. But here's where things get a little bit interesting, and, mm. and this is where I feel like we're gonna have some opinions that some people may not agree with. Some people probably will agree with. Mm-hmm. We won't take it too far because again, people are suffering right now, and I don't want to make it. You know, like esports is the biggest deal right now because it's not, you know, again, as people's lives are on the line and their livelihoods are, you know, going down, which is which is not very good. But Galaxy Racer Esports, they, they had this tournament in Dubai, still going on, a fantastic tournament, by the way, shout out to GXR. They end up not allowing, what was it, VP, Virtus Pro couldn't, couldn't come in to compete, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm correct in saying so. So yep. they, they basically, and I believe the reasoning behind that was the... Now, don't quote me on this. I believe it is information on Reddit, and I think it's been posted on Twitter, but I'm going to try and, you know, reiterate the best I can. So I believe E-Force, or ES-Force, however that's spelled, they own VP in some way. So ES-Force is led by a guy that's part of the the Russian oligarch or government or or something like that. There's ties to the Russian president, um, and they're not... Obviously, we we can you can see they didn't really they haven't denounced the invasion going on right now, right? Like, which is a bit of an interesting scenario, which is where I think I'm going to play a bit of devil's devil's advocate to try and suss out what's going on here. But so they weren't allowed to come compete in the uh, in in the tournament in Dubai. First of all, John, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that was the the correct decision from uh, from GXR and and we play and whoever else is in charge of of uh, bringing the teams in? Well, in my view, no, I, I don't think it was right to. You want to punish VP the org, sure. This punishes the players more, right? Like, right. What are they supposed to do? I think the big issue there is that we play came in, and I know for the, for a fact that this is not something GXR would raise up. Because they're Middle Eastern, wow. I, I don't think they have any stakes. They they don't they you know they keep a low profile. Um, they tend to want to try to stay neutral. They've got their own dealings that they want to worry about as well. So I don't think this is something that GXR themselves wanted. Um, I think when VP stated that they suspect it's WePlay, I feel like that's on the mark. Um, now for the players, I mean, again, it kind of makes sense to ban out VP, sure, because there's Tyson Oligarch that supports the. Putin regime, sure, whatever. Yeah. But banning them out like this after flying them out already, um, it's kind of terrible. Like the players are there, they're ready to go. They obviously the players individually most likely don't support the war. But right. what can you do? Like you, you can't really speak out about it. Um, they right. were. I think the conditions we play gave us that. Let your players play without an org here. Uh, let your players play without their jerseys and that's basically asking vp to let their players go while allowing Mm. them to play in a tournament without them it's uh not something an org would naturally ever say yes to i don't know any org that would say yes to that um but vp is in a very special situation where you know anything that's seen against the putin regime of course is um not only just putting your own livelihood at risk it puts some amount of personal safety at risk as well, being part of um, an outspoken opposition. So I can play, I can maybe understand a bit as to why they were hesitant. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I don't know. It's yeah. just weird because as an organization, you don't just let your players go and let them play in any tournament. You know, it's like they're under you. They're, they've got contracts. You can't just forget the contracts for one event and have them march in. And I don't know if the players would have been super comfy with their statements because, you know, we've seen statements from esports players. Well, mainly simple. So when that's been going around, but even his statements have been, you know, it's it's not heavily political. I think that's that's right. the thing. When you look at simple, he's just saying war isn't good, which is a very valid statement because there's never a situation where war is good. But he didn't take yep. a political stance. And I think what Replay was looking for was more of a political stance from VP players, which, again, for anyone in Russia, I don't think that's uh, that's not something you'd want to really raise up. It's like asking asking a Chinese team to talk about certain regions in China, to talk about certain right. contested areas with India. It's not something you really want the players to do. And in situations with Chinese teams, it's never raised up. No one ever talks about Xinjiang with Chinese players. So why do we expect the VP players to suddenly take a political stance and risk their own lives and livelihood for a tournament? I don't know. Well, that that was my that was my problem with it, right? Like, first of all, I think I can understand that the you know people from Ukraine obviously are suffering right now. They're in pain, and there's probably a lot of emotions going on with family, you know, suffering in the country. And obviously, for the We Play guys out there, you know, it's probably a very tough time, John. Nobody's mm. doubting that. But I did think that as well. I, I did think to myself, how can you expect some young men in a in an esports team to go out and go against their government? Who, which it is, it is a dictatorship, right? Let, let's be frank. You know, Putin's. You know, not, he's a, he looks like a dangerous man, right? Like you probably don't want to go against them right now, even if you are within the country. And that was kind of where I was going as well. I'm like, all right, I understand why you want to ban them. I understand you don't want to give any prize money to VP because apparently it's like 35% of the prize pool goes straight to the to ES Force or whoever the ES Force agency, which again is apparently run by a, a Russian oligarch that's related to you know the Putin government in some way. I understand that, but then can you really expect them to denounce what's happening when they're living in the country? And, you know, in some way, I, I don't know how much of a celebrity these VP boys are, but mm. obviously people are going to hear about what they have to say about it. And chances are it's probably, you know, if if they want to know who's going against their government, I'm sure they could, you know, the word, word spreads fast. People talk. So it's it's not hard to, it's not hard for a government like that to find out that one of their, east, one of their biggest esports teams has been talking crap and denouncing wars and whatever else. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know because it does feel like you're not punishing Russia as a country or their government or whatever. You're you're just punishing the players. The the only punishment the actual the actual bad guys receive is the fact that they don't receive that prize pool commission. But why would why would you care anyway if you're a, you know, billionaire or whatever? Like do you, do you really care about, you know, $10,000 or 20 whatever they win, you know what I mean? It's it's not a big deal. Mm. I don't know. That, that's how I felt as well. Like, I understand why you do it. I, I do understand that. I'm wondering if there's any other logistical reasons why you wouldn't want to. Maybe it's too dangerous to... I, I guess I can't say it's too dangerous to fly him in because you've already done that. Yep. If they're already in the country, then it's not like you're, you know, you're trying to figure out how to fly them out of, out of Russia. They're already there. So it, it's an interesting question, you know, and I, I had the same thought. Like, I... 
Again, I, we denounce the war. We don't want any of this garbage happening in the world. But at the same time, if, if you're going to punish someone, it's like it does feel like you're punishing players that that don't have anything to do with it. And like you mentioned, John, if they could denounce the war without fearing for their lives, I feel like they would probably do that. So it's... I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, I, I like the fact that Simpolo came out and said, hey... I don't want war. War's not good. Let's just, you know, let's aim for peace, whatever. But you can't expect the guy to get political because he might literally get killed. Yep. It might happen. I mean, how many stories are out there of, you know, the, the you know, the government doing some some nasty stuff? Like it's again, this is somewhat of a dictatorship. It's not I don't know, it's I don't disagree with the the political side of the political stance they've taken. I just don't think it's fair that you're punishing the players who literally can't say much without probably getting attacked in some some form or another you know it's whether it's their government whether it's the you know the, the people that agree with the, their government you know it's i don't know who's to say like some crazy vp fan doesn't you know doesn't do something stupid or i, I don't know it's it's a complicated one john and i this is a we were talking about this last week um, where I was saying before this war was really broken out properly, I was saying I, I'm really kind of tired of politics being involved in things like esports. Now, obviously, in, a, in an invasion like this, I guess you kind of have no choice. E everything just kind of gets dragged in anyway, mm. whether it's esports or whether it's, you know, anything. Any, anything in the, around, the, around the world gets dragged into it, no matter who you are. But it does bother me a little bit in some sense because you're punishing players that have nothing to do with it. Apart from the, again, the head of the team, the, the guy that owns the team, I, I appreciate that. But what are you expecting the players to do about it? Like, do they go against their boss? Who, again, is probably dangerous and has ties to very dangerous people? I, I don't know. It's, I don't know, John. It's it's a complicated one. And again, I don't, I don't want to sound insensitive because I understand I've been watching the videos in Ukraine and it's fucking terrible. Right? It's, it's really disgusting stuff happening right now around the world, or re at least on the other side of the world. But it does, you know, if we're talking about the morality of the situation, it feels problematic to me a little bit that, th that this, these are the decisions that are being made. And again, I don't go against Valve's decision because Valve is simply saying we cannot run a DPC in that region right now because there's a literal, it's a literal war zone. It makes sense. You can't do it. It's just too dangerous. But when you're picking and choosing who you can invite to your tournaments, I don't know. Again, I, it's weird because I appreciate the fact that they don't want to give any money to this guy. Like this, this ES Force agency. I appreciate no money wants to go there. Could you have let him play for free or something? Like just for the sake of competition? I don't, I don't know, John. What, what, what's the workaround? Like both you and I see the problem. Was there a workaround? Like do you just let them play and just ignore it or... What do you think they should have done? I mean, the players, had no, it's not the players had no agency there. Like, there's no agency because they're restricted by contracts. I think if you want to get really legal, you can't just, again, you can't just play for an event without the permission of your organizer. You know, you, you saw the situation with Savage standing in for Motivate Trust. They had to make a public announcement after, and Savage had to stop standing in for like a day because that wasn't finalized by T1. So. These things go deep, and I don't think if even if players wanted to play by themselves, they can't. That's a bunch right. of contract. I think the the ideal would have just been to not fly them in first 
Because at that point, it was been, what, two days or something? They, I, I don't know how long they were in. I think they were in for... I know Boom and Galaxy Race were there for at least a week before. So maybe that's not feasible as well. I think at that point, you just let... I don't know, because letting them play, I can see why they wouldn't do it. But I, I would be of the mind of just let them play. Because right. they don't represent the government. Sure, their management gets 30% of, what, 100,000 uh, US dollars if they place first? 30,000 right. US dollars? That's pocket change for an agency. Especially right. if they've got dealings elsewhere outside of esports. It's not big. It's not major. This does not make an economical impact to them. It impacts the players much more. So you're really just punishing a bunch of young Russian kids. What message does right. that send? That, that, that was my problem. Because at the end of the day, now these VP players are going to feel you know feel like they're they're being victimized here and well not victimized by by the western side of things but more so that they are becoming victims in some sense because they 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 have no choice like what can they do i i if i was if i was one of those players as much as i would want to denounce the war i don't know how i would do it without risking my own family's life or my own life it's you know i i don't know what it's like in russia right now anyway like it's it's weird it's weird, right? Because we have this view of them, or at least their government, and then, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess that's all we have to say on it. Like, it's a very complicated subject. I'm not saying WePlay was wrong in, in the decision-making. I just don't know if it was the best decision, is what I is what I think we're trying to say, John. Because it's, yeah. it's a very complicated situation. It's very complicated. I don't blame them for going down this route. I just don't know if there was better options. Like, could you have made an agreement to let them play but just say hey listen we're putting the the prize money on hold until this shit gets sorted out and or does that just never happen or is that not feasible i don't know yeah. I, I it did bother me though just for the sake of you know these players i don't think have any direct impact apart from the fact that they play under an organization that is linked to their government yeah but that's yeah. Not something they probably thought about when they were signing their contracts. No. To go play some Dota, you know? I, I don't think they thought to themselves, oh, we're, that one day we're going to invade another country, you know? It's going to be great to be part of VP, or it's going to be terrible to be part of VP. I, I don't think they thought these things. No, definitely not. And to be fair to we play their private company, it's their choice. Yeah. So whatever you it say, is their it doesn't choice. matter. It's not illegal, maybe a bit low, but it's their choice. It's... It's well, I don't want to say it's their event because technically it's GXR's event, so maybe that's where some crossfeed happens where maybe GXR didn't want them gone. And we play as the production runner because they are running production, I don't know if they're running it organizationally, like say managing literally everything, hotels, everything else, likely. But that's the only conflict I can see. Otherwise, we play as long as they have permission to do so, have the opportunity to do what they want, it's their event. Technically, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they're not. Um, I, I, we're not arguing the legality of it. We, it is definitely legal what they're doing. And again, even the ethical side of things, it's kind of like it's up in the air. It's a very. I don't even want to talk about this to be honest, John, because it's a very sensitive topic that I'm sure that you know is going to have sides, and people aren't going to agree, and people are going to agree, and some people are probably going to take things out of context that we say. But it is what it is. You know, it's a it's a difficult scenario, and uh, you know. It, it's a pretty bad situation mm. right now. And it goes back to another point I have as well, right? How many wars, have, how many conflicts have we seen around the world in the past, say, decade? And it, this is like, allow me to kind of 
step in for a second here, John, even though I'm already, you know, in. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm Armenian, right? So I'm, I'm, my heritage is Armenian. I was born in Australian, uh, in Australia. My heritage is Armenian. My mother came from Syria, though she is full-blooded Armenian, and my dad came from Egypt. These are places that have had a lot of conflict yeah. in the last, say, 10, 20 years, right? Do we start banning countries that, that go to war like that, you know? Did the Middle East really deserve some of the things that happened in the last 20 years? I, I don't know. I have some strong thoughts, John, about uh, about the previous war that was going on across the world, and you know which one I'm talking about. I'm not going to go too far into it because I'm sure it's going to get very controversial. But I've, you've just got to start asking the question: Who's right? Who's wrong here? Now I know I'm not. I think I personally think Ukraine's right in this situation. They're the ones being invaded. They're the victims here. I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing is if we're going to start banning players or rather teams from attending tournaments. Is anyone really innocent, or are we just are we just picking and choosing? That's a good question because I've been I've been saying that I think we had an argument with Nina, a little bit of a debate, and me and Neff were kind of on the same side. If if we take this uh, thought, if we take this theory to the extreme, we shouldn't have any American teams on hand. For number one, America should not be in any games because we have document. You know, there's there's been a lot of things that America has done in the past twenty years. Yeah, look, I don't, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to name drop countries like here, John. Let's, yeah, but there, there's been a lot of things, right? So it's, it's, and some no, of those things are very painful for me, John. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think if if you take it to the extreme, a lot of countries shouldn't be able to play. And right. And I think that's where that thought process goes. You have to be able to find a way to kind of think of people as people and separate that from whatever goes on because you're not going to blame your average person from so-and-so country for what happens in halfway across the globe you know but yeah it's um it's just an extreme viewpoint i don't know it's uh it's not good because there's a lot of current issues that are much more well documented um yeah the thing i find with this entire conflict is that i can't i i actually don't trust anything I, I don't check social right. media for updates. I don't check the news. Because once once it came to light that certain pieces of media were absolute fabrications, I just stop. I didn't want mm. to hear anything. Because I don't trust yeah. it. I mean, the any war is bad, but you don't need to make up shit to make it worse. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to make up yeah. stories to make this war any worse. So I don't yeah. I don't like that side. And I think that I I'd rather stay out. I'd I'd rather not read because if everything's just a bunch of lies, I'd rather just be happy. Oh, I'm 100% with you, John. I mean, you and I both agree on the the fact that no matter what political side you're on, the news is complete garbage, right? Like, we we know that they fabricate a lot. There's proof all over the internet. John and I, we're not conspiracy theorists, but, you know, this is just... Media's media. You know, they're they're there to, to... provide as much you know quote-unquote drama really to get as many eyes as possible to run as many ads as possible that's just how it works they want the ratings whatever's juicy enough for them to get the highest ratings we know that that's what they're going to do and naturally they're going to twist the topic a little bit you know in favor of their political ideology which again if you're on the right or the left it doesn't really fucking matter uh, both your medias both your media platforms end up fabricating quite a lot of garbage and uh, making into something it's not just to suit their own beliefs, right? So, yeah, uh, I'm with you on that, John. I, I try to avoid the media in general uh, when it comes to 
you know, trying to figure out what's going on right now. And I know I have friends uh, that have family in 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 the CIS region, right? I have friends that have family in Russia. I have friends that have family in Ukraine, and there is a lot of things that just don't get spoken about that we don't we don't understand. Mm. Now, again. I don't think there's any excuse for an invasion to happen. I don't think there's any excuse for a war to break out. I mean, I don't mean to get even more depressing right now, John, but I was just reading in an article that apparently now Russia's uh, aiming at the um, at a nuclear plant, the biggest nuclear plant in Europe, which is, you know, that's pretty bad, John. You know, they're, they're, they're dropping rockets and missiles on a nuclear plant that's, that's the biggest one in Europe. That's, you know, that's problematic. Well, it's... I don't know. I, I don't know. Where, where do you go from here? Like it's. I don't know. Like for one, I I wouldn't know what's actually happening again. I don't know. I just I feel like all of these reports are just. It's, it's so hard to tell when you have an active yeah. war and you have a slant to sell on both sides, because the Russian media is also going to be lying a lot. But I don't know. It's like I don't even know if that's really what's happening or the rocks really hitting there because they've they've said a lot of shit before. They've mentioned Ukraine. They've, there was a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know. It's like, I don't even want to know. Because the more I right. read, the more annoyed I get with everything. It's like, I I just don't know. I, I hate lies. I hate the scale of lies that we're seeing. I hate the obscured fruit that we are getting. And I'd rather not. If they're new, if they're bombing a nuclear center, sure. I'd, I'd prefer that. I'd prefer that at this point. You know, just have a hot war. Who cares anymore? That's my cynical side, but I don't think so. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. If we if we get into this, you know how I get, Mike. I'm trying to hold myself back. I know. Here. Yeah, I know you are, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the topic here. John X Five does get very passionate when it comes to these things, and yeah. Anyway, I, I guess on our final thoughts should probably be, you know, I, I hate saying thoughts and prayers to people when there's a war going on, so I'm not going to. But obviously, we are thinking about the Ukraine and even the even the Russian people that are dying as well right because mm. there are soldiers that have been sent in and we don't know whether it's whether they've been forced to do it we don't know if it's their own decision uh, props to the Ukrainian people though from the videos i've been seeing uh, they've been quite quite great to the to the soldiers that have been giving up arms and just saying hey look i surrender you know i from the videos i've been seeing it seems like ukrainian people are treating them very well so Props to that, I suppose, and uh, hopefully this war's over sooner than it started, because, uh, you know, it only seems to be escalating more and more every day. Uh, apart from that, though, Jonathan, let's let's move on. Let's let's talk a bit more about other Dota topics. Mm -hmm. So the GXR tournament we were just talking about, Jonathan, Boom yep. Esports. How great are Boom Esports, John? They go undefeated during day number one. To no one's surprise, by the way, or at least not to our surprise, John. I mean, I was sitting there falling asleep at their games. Yep. It was too one-sided. It the, was. the games are going 20 minutes 20 minutes they, they, they were just demolishing them yeah what can you do boom's just too good yo on mid jackie finally in you know good form it looks like he's back in that top form that we used to see him in motivate trust and everyone's just playing amazingly you know it's such they're they're so they're so good boom is just so good and i i believe i was talking to some of the filipino casters and a few of them because they were listening in to the broadcast as well. You know, they, they're watching the English stream to hear what the foreign talents think. I think they were, I think Boom was still, I think Southeast Asia was still being looked down upon going in. Uh, there was, there was oh, some yeah. words like, like, people were saying like, oh, Boom wasn't even supposed to be Dev 1. You know, they just got in by a fluke. Well, it's like, yeah, they did. 
But they were supposed to be... Th that's not the point. Boom was supposed to be Div 1 with this kind of team, even without Jackie in. We all knew that. Going to Div oh, uh, Season 1 of... Uh, Tour 1 of DPC. We all knew that. Look, at the end of the day, you, you can argue Div 1, Div 2, whatever the hell you want. Boom Esports made every game look easy. I yep. mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, it was getting embarrassing at one point. Like, I, I was about to message Gary, tell him to, to calm the boys down a little bit. Like, relax. You know, I know you guys are good, but just don't show them everything yet. You know, it's... I don't know. It, it was crazy. I mean, Japoy, well, what was his scoreline? He went 42-2 and two or something, yep. KDA the first day, or 46-2, and two, something like that. It was... It's ridiculous. I mean, it's not not ridiculous in some sense because you and I both know exactly what Boom is capable of. We've we've watched and casted it many times, so we know what what, what was ha going to happen coming in. But 42, 42, 2 and thirty four over three games, he died twice. Not even one death per game for Yopage in that mid lane, right? Gets forty two kills over three games. And he's involved in 34 in terms of assists. I mean, this man just destroyed them. It wasn't even damn close. Oh, yeah. I, I can't believe people are still out there making excuses. Oh, SEA Dota this. Oh, we haven't got the full rosters for our EU team. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Get him out. We smashed him. Oh, it yeah. wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Man. I mean, Japoy embarrassed them in that mid lane. I didn't think they were mid laners. Oh, I thought yeah. the stand-ins. I thought the stand-ins were the mid laners, John. <laughs> he destroyed them. Oh yeah, they just smashed, and I think um, I'm looking forward to Boom uh, going into the playoffs. Right, that's what's going on. I think what is it today? Is it is it the first round? I forget. I, I'm gonna be casting it. I think tomorrow, Mike, in Filipino, in Taglish. So it's gonna be as painful as the Minnesota Masters, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I, I want to see, I want to see Boom win. I mean. You know, the rest of Seed and Two Two Grit and GXC and Fnatic were. Mm, they didn't do as well. I think that's unfortunate. But boom. Yeah. On that gravy train. I mean, everyone's, you know, people have been asking who's number one. I, I would say boom. I, going yeah. even, even without the tournament starting yet, I said boom. I think boom. Yeah. Because yeah. how you saw the regional finals, right? We were we were there for the regional finals. I mean, Japoy had that same performance. I think he only died once or twice in the regional yeah. finals best of five. So. You know, it's like if an entire team just plays this wild for the past three months from the time they made their new roster in around November. And then remember yeah. that when Skem is still switching between one and five, they're trying to oh, make that decision Skem. who's coming in. And then they take Tino. And then even from that point, like post Pro Series, what was it, nine? Uh, Pro Series 10, uh, nine or eight around that time. Until now, I think Boom's just been way too strong. Like Gary yeah. definitely won out in those contract trades. Let me tell you, oh, he, he grabbed Scam Yopaj, kept FBZ, and got Tim's. My God, that guy just—what a guy! Like Look, he knew what to do. Let me let me go in in defense. Let me go in defense of Ob Neon, uh, Rob Campbell. He was mm. the guy, I guess, who facilitated the trade that was going on between Ob Neon and Boom back when they got Yopaj and Scam. It, they were expensive, John. Oh, yes. I know Yopaj. Yopaj, I'm not going to say the figure that I've heard, but we are talking six figures worth yep. of trading volume here just for one player. So uh, Gary paid the money, John. I mean, Gary had some, he took some risks. I mean, we know Gary, <laughs> he, he's a risk taker. He buys those damn <laughs> NFTs, John. You know, you know Gary, he's a risk taker, but he took a big risk. I mean, we're talking six figure payout yep. to get Yopaj. I don't know how much they paid for Skim, 
but I imagine it was just as much, if not a little bit less. Mm. But Skem is Skem's great. I mean, he's such a valuable pickup as well, right? Like, he plays any role, literally any. You could throw him in any position, and he would play it probably better than the player that was there originally. And that, that's how scary Skem is. And I can't remember who said this. It might have been Kyle on the panel. Or somebody said it. Maybe, maybe no time. I'm not 100% sure. But they said, you know a player's serious when they go from a core role down to pos 5 just because they want to win that bad, right? Mm. Somebody said it on the panel, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. This man is such a great core player, but he, he goes to the backside. He, he plays the pos 5 He plays the, the sacrificial role just because he wants to win that bad. I don't know. I mean, Gary definitely got the better end of the trade. Let's let's be honest. Obviously, a lot of money was paid out for these players. But hell, John, I mean, they're... Just look at them. Just look at them. It's only been three months. And we just got Jackie in. Yeah. We just got Jackie in. And oh, yeah. props to Jackie as well, John. Because a lot of people keep saying, oh, this guy's only got a two-hero pool, you know, or two-hero puddle, as we would say in Australia. You know, it's it's been a bit of a an insult used towards Jackie a lot. But he's actually done very well in playing the position ones that are, are less greedy, I'd say. Like, what mm-hmm. he's been playing Kunka and he played Ricky yesterday. Yep. Or the, the day before, rather. And that was the thing that I, I couldn't understand. Like, people kept making this point of, oh, Jackie only has a two-hero pool. You know, no, no he doesn't. You guys don't remember the Ricky? Mm-hmm. God forbid they remember the Ark Warden genre. That was one of the first <laughs> things we saw from Jackie that Jesus, we had to yeah. really... We, we, we really saw what Arkwarden could do when Jackie picked it up. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Like, this man has a hero pool. He just tends to... He just tends to spam a smaller hero pool, depending on what meta it is. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like he's already branching out while he's been with Boom Esports. Because, again, you've got your Parge there. Both Jackie and your Parge, known to farm very quick. I think Boom, at least for now, maybe want to rely on, on Japoy to carry the game as the pos one and quite frankly the meta suits the mid laner playing the pos one role anyway which is why we see japoy taking ta uh, it just it just works right now yeah it really lines up what i'm keen to see with this patch is you know some of those old jackie heroes come out i want to see the jackie am at some point and with the changes am's got with the viability of a diffusal blade <laughs> that you could pick up on <laughs> am now I mean, Orchid is also really good. You know, I'd I'd love to see Zamak because he was one of the again one of the few players that would go for that SNY Vanguard disassembly play that you would see from God King. He was replicating yeah. that and see one of the earlier players to do that when we were first seeing him. I think that was the first impression that we got because he had this ridiculous AM game. Motivate Trust were down maybe 10k gold, then we just farming like mad. Went SNY disassembled, started fighting and. He can be really aggressive, and I, I, that's the Jackie I want to see shine in Boom as well. And you know what I love about Boom? It's not just that they play really good. They, they're all really friendly now, right? Like, they've, they haven't been with FBZ the past two months. He's finally in the Philippines for, like, what, three weeks, two weeks only? And they've been hanging out in Dubai. It's so fun to see the behind-the-scenes stuff that these guys are up to. And they're asking FBZ, what do you think about the food? And FBZ is just lying down and reclining. It's like, hmm, something's good some's not eight out of ten you know it's just like a boss it's it's so fun to see them <laughs> just be themselves it's, it's really it's really in heart and what's in heart endearing it's really endearing endearing yeah fbzeo is, is uh, <laughs> what they've been calling him and that, look, again i it's hard with the boom esports right because i always want to 
carry on and sorry about my camera ladies and gentlemen it keeps going out of focus for some reason but i, I keep carrying on about boom esports but it, it the most annoying part about this team is every player plays their role so well that it's so hard to just say this person's the mvp mm. unless japoy pops off like he has been i mean you can't not give japoy an mvp when he goes 42 2 and 30 something uh kda over three games right but then what about FBZ? I mean, what about the Mars performances, John? That man was a monster. Mm. He was disassembling every team fight, right? FBZ, every time a team would try to go against Boom in a team fight, FBZ would be there with the perfect counter-initiation every time. What about Skem on that plus five, John? We know how dangerous the man is. Japoy, Jackie, he's been doing a fantastic job. I love the fact that they brought the Ricky back out the other the other day. That was fantastic. I missed the, the, the Jackie Ricky. You know, it's... It's just great to see how well everyone's doing. And of course, how could I forget the Filipino sniper himself, John Timms, right? They give him that Marana. The man doesn't miss. I mean, mm. I've never seen the man miss an arrow. Literally 100% success rate every time. It's uh, This team's too powerful. Uh, this is literally the Golden State Warriors of SEA back, in, back whenever they were actually good, John. And I know you don't watch the NBA, but it's an NBA team, right? It's, <laughs> these guys are ridiculous. And I agree with your sentiment. SEA... Right now, in terms of a region, the strongest team is Boom Esports. Mm. And I know the T1 supporter is going to get upset. And listen to me, there's no bigger T1 supporter than me, right? I'm the one who's always out there putting my ass on the line, tweeting ridiculous crap every time there's a major or TI going on, right? But Boom Esports is better. I don't think there's any way mm. other, there's other way to put it. Boom Esports right now, in this moment in time, 100% is better. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any two ways about it. I mean, T1, you look at their pro series right now. They they had to start in the lower, lower bracket. You know, it's, it's been an upward climb. It's been a bit back and forth. Like, you still have that Gabby Cuckoo connection going, right? But it feels like whatever issues they felt they might have had with Savage aren't fully resolved. So I think there's still a lot of room for March to bring the whip out. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping the T1 boys reach the Philippines soon before the next yeah. tour starts. So when, so March can really take control. March and Kyo can be standing there, you know, uh, staring them down, speaking Korean to each other, sound like gangsters and watching for any misplays. That's what I want to see from T1. Just, just a good old discipline coming back in. Cause you know what happens <laughs> when, when they get kind of loose, we've heard it before. We heard it at TI, they, they just watch anime while playing, you know, they don't really care too much. It's like, you guys gotta care, because you, yeah. you, you don't stay top dog if you don't care, and boom, they are very hungry for that spot, Mike. Oh, they're the hungry beast, Jonathan. It makes enough sense that they are starving right now for the, uh, for the victories, and... Well, I mean, we know that Boom kind of created this squad based off the fact that they are going to take it very seriously and they are going to look to win, right? Like, FBZ, again, the FBZEO... He, the whole reason he he kind of didn't want to continue playing with the the old Boom Squad was the fact that they just could not come first. Like he he did feel like the the chances of them being able to get to a major and actually put up a good performance, you know, it just wasn't there for for FBZEO back then. And well, now he's got a squad that they've built around him, or rather around Japoy with the way he's playing. But it's. This is a squad that might actually bring SCA its first TI. I mean, I'm saying it right now. I'm calling it. I think Boom Esports might be the first team to do it, John. I thought oh, yeah. it was going to be T1. You asked me last year, John, I would have said T1's going to do it. Mm. And I did say it. I tweeted it. Obviously wrong, but I tweeted it. 
and uh, it, it didn't work out that way. Now I'm sitting here watching Boom Esports. This team, where T1 may have had close matches against some of these European teams, Boom Esports is just smashing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not even... It doesn't even look like a competition. And I always see in the in the Twitch chat, uh, the SCA, uh, the SCA people out there, the Southeast Asians, always like to come in and say SCA is greater than NA, you know. And I'm like, I'm sitting here like, why are we even focusing on NA anymore? <laughs> this, that's why. Why are we punching down for, ladies and gentlemen, SCA to the world or to Europe? You know, why even bother going to like why? Just say SCA to all. Or SCA to EU. The it's only question cool. right now is what would happen if China was there? Because we know that for SCA teams, Chinese teams tend to be the kryptonite, right? That that tends to be where we get stuck. Mm. And if you had a team like PSG LGD at the, this Dubai tournament, maybe it'd be a different story. But for now, Jonathan, Boom Esports looking like top three in the world minimum. Yeah, pretty much. I expect them to do really well. I want to see how they do in best of threes. If um if they can hold that consistency, I feel like they should, but you never know. It's well to be fair. I feel like best of ones are much more wild cards, and the fact that they just cleared out those best of ones like it's easy. I don't expect the best of threes to be too much different. I am keen to see the Chinese teams down the line. Like they can't make it here because again, if they went in, the quarantine periods would push back the Chinese DPC once more. So no travels for them because that already stalled us out in tour one. But I am keen to see because. A couple of teams said they they were having great success against China in scrims. I want yeah. to say, who has it been? I want to say, I don't know if it was Boom that said, but T1 tended to say that. I feel like they were scrimming against Chinese teams and they felt confident. Um, at least that's what Bosk, uh, you know, Master Cuckoo has said. So if T1 is doing good against Chinese teams, I think using mm. you know, loss equivalents or whatever you call it in mats. I would say Boom will probably not have too much of a problem. The only issue is LGD, and I guess we'll see that in the major or something, hopefully. But everything else looks looks very, very, very good, Mike. Happy days, John. Happy days for the region. We're finally... It finally feels like you've got a team that you can... And mind you, I mean, we had this when we had T1 show up for the first time, and they started dominating teams across the world. But it's good to finally feel like you can watch a tournament and have faith that that these teams from SCA are going to do well, right? Because I feel like we just didn't have that, right, for a long time. It just felt like every every tournament that came by, you'd have both the teams drop out in the first round of the lower bracket, mm. you know, once you got into playoffs, if they made it to the playoffs, and then, you know, then we'd just be like, okay, well, there, there goes the SCA teams, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, moving on, it's going to be another Europe versus China matchup in the grand finals, you know? Standard, you know, the, the standard script that happens for every tournament. And now it, it feels good that there's a shakeup. It it oh, yeah. feels great that it does seem like, uh, and this is something that, you know, we might have to deal with later on, but it feels mm -hmm. good to, to see talent having to take SCA seriously as well. I mean, they, they have to study it, study it up. They have to figure out what's going on. Obviously, it's a very different play style. And you and I as talent, John, we know how difficult it can be to try and understand what's happening from a different region. Right, like if you and I, if we went to cast European games right now, which is, which is something we haven't done in quite a while, we'd probably be a little bit confused had we not studied up on on the playstyles yeah. and the the meta and what the hell's going on. I, I imagine that's the same way the the talent feels right now, even though I'm sure they are, you know, studying the teams and studying what's going on. But you have a certain, you have limited time, you know. 
it, it's not that easy to to figure out exactly what's going on uh, but it's always good to see that there's a big shake-up coming in regions because you know everyone's kind of struggling to figure out what's going on with our region which is uh it's just good it just makes the tournament more exciting because i don't feel like we're gonna we're gonna have the <clears throat> we're gonna have the same script of eu versus china or mm -hmm. eu versus eu every grand final it gets really tiresome <laughs> that it does and i'm keen to see if boom can get that done i think um on this on the topic of teams right now i'm keen to see what happens with Div 1. I think um, we've already gotten some of the announcements coming through, like Execration has finalized their acquirement of Tino and Palos, uh, TNC. Who did they take? TNC took BDZ, I think. And then Neon, you've got that entire thing where Asta or KOKZ. Yeah. You know, I'm keen to see how these good boys do in each of their division. I'm keen to see how Talon does, like, with Savage and Q. Yeah. Those, that felt like a big win as well for them. You know, there were a lot of rumors oh, about who would go in Talon. I, in in my heart of memes, Mike, I still hoped that it was die and Ana, but I am happy <laughs> with 23 Savage and Q. Honestly, this this is probably the safer bet, but in a memeing yeah. world, Pylidai, I, I would have loved to see him with Anna, just to see what happens, you know? How would he react? What would he do? How how would he play? We saw a little bit of Pylidai in SMG. Didn't last long, unfortunately, but, you know, Town looks pretty exciting. Like, Savage and Q. Again, probably one of the other great players for Motivate Trust and Q. His Moran is also pretty damn good. I'm keen yeah. to see how Savage and Trust... I think they're playing in some tournament right now, and... From the social they media are. post, they have been winning, so it's looking good. That's 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 pretty damn good for them coming out there. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what tournament it is they're playing in right now. I'm pretty sure we've got Sophie from Talon in here, so maybe yeah. she could kind of help us out with that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, but yeah, I I, ha I have been seeing the uh, the social media posts. Sorry, we haven't caught the games uh, at the very least, but uh, they have been dominating, which is very good to see. Like you said, John. Uh, personally, look, if I'm going to be quite frank with you, John, I, I think Savage coming into Talon is an upgrade. Mm. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I know you probably <laughs> think the exact same thing. I think Savage is an upgrade. Yep. <laughs> I mean, look, Gavi's doing good, and I'm glad he is on, on T1. But I still think uh, Savage is my boy. He He's a, he's a, he's a kid that we've watched from Genespris. You know, it's like yeah. we saw his debut in TA Qualifiers. I just, he's a, he's a great kid to talk to, and... I think he is the better core. I see him playing a lot more. He's, you know, been doing well. Maybe just not a good fit. I think, you know, you reach that point with a team where you just have different viewpoints in what you want to do. And the only yeah. fix is just changing teams to get a different viewpoint. So, uh, hope hope it keeps holding up for Savage. But I'm glad. I, I'm just so happy all these players are in the Philippines, man. You know, they're all in like Manila, Luzon area for the most part. They're having fun. They're eating and they're playing with you. Like, Mikado is there. You know, my good old Mikado is in Manila as well. I feel like I should be able to drop yeah. by and say hi. And poke and prod him, ask him what Randy's up to. Because <laughs> <laughs> for Randy, I dropped by his stream once. He's like, he's like, hey, John, you won't interview me. No team, Sag. I was like, ah, oh, poor Randy. You know, then I'll just, you know, uh. poke Mikado to poke Randy a little bit more as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'll tell you, I mean, Div 2 has been looking really good mm. as well for the uh, the DPC. I mean, I know people have been pointing out in chat. Uh, Lil Gun has been playing fantastic as well. Shout out to them. Uh, Lil Gun's been looking extremely strong at the moment, actually. Mm. It's kind of scary how, how strong the region looks in general because it's just a matter of who's going to make it to the to the next DPC for, for Div 1. Like, like Lil Gun looks amazing. You've got teams like Polaris that, that have moved up. Mm -hmm. Uh yg slowly looking better you've got army geniuses they they announced a new roster john did you happen to see it i i i think so i who did he get though i just know wami's out which made me very sad hold on, hold on. No, no 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 i think you'll be happy with this hold on all right all right give it to me give it to me just looking for the uh the post now john i've completely Who's lost it unfortunately because i know who is it azurus out somehow and of course i can't find it Beautiful. Well, that's amazing. I just <laughs> had it in front of me as well. My bloody explorer refreshed. <laughs> All right, never, look. You would have been happy, John. Yeah, yeah. You would have been. Now I now I don't know who's in uh, in, in AG right now, but I believe some of the old players are back. So it should be. I think I saw Mamang Dia made his made his reappearance to the team as well. So oh, you know, maybe I'll be able to find the post and we can kind of carry on with that conversation. But the point is. Div 2 looks really strong. Mm. Div 1 looks really strong. The region looks really strong. Which leads me to my next question. You and I are always happy when SEA players get to go across the world. They get big yep. contracts with a, an, an American organization or a European organization. Obviously, we want these players to make money, right? Like That's the, the whole objective. You're playing an eSport. You want to be great. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you want to be able to retire and, and have a lot of money, right? So it's always, I'm always happy, even if it does cost us some wins in the region, I'm always happy to see those players thriving somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. Like Arbed uh, in NA or, well, I mean, obviously right now they're not thriving, but you get my point. Like, it's good to see them being able to, being hired by, by other, you know, regions around the world. Tell me though, John, a lot of talk happening right now about our boy Japoy. No. What happens? If Gary gets an offer too good to refuse, John, no. what do we do? No. He can't do it. He can't. He can't. We made this mistake. I and mean, we were happy for Abed going across, you know, across the ocean, having a good time. But we also made a mistake letting Abed go. Right? We lost a key part of a lot of our strong lineups losing these star players. No. He must stay. Yopaj must stay. He can't leave. Yeah. He's got to stay. I don't think I don't think Gary will let him go. No. I, I you know, talking to Gary, he's like, I paid a lot for that. You know, not not just well, I did. think it was like Yopaj and Scam. He paid a lot for that. He's not gonna let that go. And those guys aren't gonna leave unless they get offered iPhones. So maybe that's the key. They maybe they get poached from us by some iPhones because Gary hasn't given them out. Who knows? No, Boom could these guys are cutthroat, man. They want those iPhones every single time. So maybe one way. I, I would say that I would not be happy if Yopaj left. I wasn't that... I mean, I was happy for Abed in the sense that, you know, it's a big opportunity for him. But I wasn't happy for the region when we lost yeah. Abed. Remember that time he was back in Pro Series 4, Pro Series 3 when oh, he do. wasn't in America? It, it just felt amazing. You, you, you just had this one big player that also kind of raised up his teams. And I, I kind of wish Abed was back as well, you know? It's like, come back here, you know? To come back in. Well, we'll find a spot for you hmm. somewhere. Let's be frank. Right now, it feels like he'd be better off, right? Like, maybe not financially. I'm sure EG's paying him some good money to, to be in the team, but 
in terms of competitive play and having a a good shot of of making a run in future tournaments it's starting to feel like maybe he's better off being here yeah just based off how the teams are doing uh we know in particular as well that in terms of teams they are looking for mid laners right now like mid laners are very hard to come by at the moment mm -hmm. uh, i believe that is the highest demand role in at least in sca that's what i know for sure like the highest demand role right now is the pos 2 and I'm not going to drop any names because some teams were, you know, were trying to find mid laners last minute and they just couldn't find anyone. Uh, so, you know, a player like Arbed, I don't think he's going to have any problems if he does make a comeback to, to be able to join a team. Because again, as a POS2 player, you're in high demand at the moment. And I suppose you always kind of have been. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see it. I don't know where he would slot in, but I'm sure I mean, it's just so hard to think about with all the, say, top teams. Seeing them kick a player, it's kind of tough. But I'm sure Abed would make yeah. that change, you know. It, him just being back in the region would shake things up. And as you mentioned, you know, he's better off home. As as Filipinos love to say, home is home, you know. Come back, come back. Yeah. You know, you've been in America yeah. long enough. We need you here. You know, like, uh, we need him back. Could you imagine if Ice 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 came back as well? And he just oh, decided to stay in Steve. I mean, he's doing great in secret, up and down a bit. But having the Troll Lord himself back in southeast asia i i, I kind of miss yeah. watching ice 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 games i kind of miss ice 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 on fanatic you know just i remember that time he was just afking the high ground when when it felt like fanatic didn't have a way he was just standing there in necrophos not doing anything <laughs> while fight broke out in front of him he's like what's happening <laughs> and he's like eh. <laughs> you know, i miss that guy i miss him i miss a lot oh. in southeast asia yeah now there's been some great times over the past years that we've been casting john and it's been a real pleasure, actually. I mean, we, we've always been passionate about the region, obviously, but, you know, I, I, I want to say, like, the stories that have been coming out as of late have been really nice in the in the region, and I don't know, John, it feels like we've it's probably the best year for, for TI. Hopefully it does happen, you know, a lot going around the world, so we don't want to say anything about TI because you never know what's going to happen, but Boom Esports and T1 looking like they might just qualify. And you know what, John, hopefully this year... We get more than two teams, right? Because mm. last year, I remember feeling very bitter that we only had two teams going into the uh, into TI-10. I'm really hoping we have minimum of three, preferably four. I mean, there's just too many teams right now in Southeast Asia that could, that could take it out. There's too many. Like, oh, Boom yeah. Esports T1 already kind of guaranteed to... Not to be there, but, you know, guaranteed to put on a performance. And then who else have you got? Like you've got SMG making a come come up in the uh, in the region. Polaris Esports looks really strong, moving their way up. Uh, Fnatic obviously there as well, though. You know, to be fair to, to everyone, Fnatic generally hasn't performed very well when it comes to TI. But you know, you never. I'm I'm hoping they start to to make some comebacks happen for themselves. There's just too many teams in the region right now to not have a TI. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah. Like T1, boom, Fnatic will probably be there. I, I guess right now that's probably it. Um, I want to say it'll be... No, it's not probably it, actually. Hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. who, who else? Is, there's got to be more teams. I, I remember looking at the region being like, no, nah, we need more slots. Hmm. I guess we have to wait for 2 or 2 now because you had TNT motivate drop down. Yep. So I guess you have to you have to wait to see what happens with uh with the new teams moving up. 
regardless, though, minimum three slots is what I'm hoping for. I think three is the sweet spot where you can have Boom, T1, and Fnatic. Uh, and, and that will kind of be the, the trio, I think, that would probably deserve to be there. If not, Fnatic SMG is looking stronger and stronger, though. Are they TI caliber? I don't know. They have mm. their ups and downs. So I, I can't say SMG. When they look good, they look amazing. And when they look bad, they look really bad. So it's it's hard to... Well, that's the honest truth, John. Yeah. That yeah, is the honest true. truth. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I uh, know. Like um, for SMG in particular, actually, it's really hard to say the power levels of everyone else in C because of the roster changes. Like SMG losing Roger, I think that's actually... In my view, it's it's not it's not an upgrade. Um, I feel like Roger was an amazing five that had the dumbest pause five heroes. Like John Ewell, you know, John Ewell with his pause five troll. Roger yeah. with his pause five Bloodseeker, which was more of a pause five, to be fair. But yeah. Shout out to Red Panda as well from China, even though he's not from SCA. <laughs> Shout out to that guy with his pause five void. Oh, yes, of course. I love it. Every time I see it, it wins. Every time we cast it, it yeah. almost always wins. So I miss that. I think, um, but yeah, SMG. I mean, it's nice to have uh, Ninja Bogey back, you know, it's been a while. It's nice to have Mineski 3.0 with Orin Sue at the head once more. God bless him. But I don't know. Like, um, they, I feel like Pro Series would have been such a good point for them to train. But, you know, mid one sick, uh, internet issues, and they just decided to pull off. Understandable. I don't know if they're going to have enough time to prep for Div 1, because with Polaris in, with NGX... That Div 1 is still really hard, man. It's still really hard to climb. Like, I actually see... You're asking about the top teams. T1, boom. Yes. I would see Polaris up there and maybe even NGX over Fnatic. I think that's yeah. a very distinct possibility. If Fnatic don't improve and show us what happened to them, you know, in the second half of Tour 1, I think Polaris and NGX are just going to ride up top. I think that's, that's uh, going to be a very scary thing for Fnatic and SMG in particular. Like... They're just not consistent enough. And I think Polaris and NGX have been much more consistent. Then you've got teams, like the, someone in the chat is pointing it out, but you've got Orca mm -hmm. and why uh, not Raiji, but rather Lilgum that are trying to move move up to Div 1. And quite frankly, it looks like they deserve to be there right now with the way they're playing. So Polaris Esports, I agree with you. I think they could be really, really scary next tour. NGX always surprised us as well. So I'm not going to doubt them. Uh, but yeah, I, even some of the Div 2 teams that still theoretically have a chance yep. to make it to TI in some sense, though they'd have to get very lucky and play very well. But you've still got even the up-and-coming Div 2 teams like Lil Gun and Orca and even other ones like YG making their, their move up and TNC just changed their roster. And You never know. It's a very exciting time for the region is what I'm trying to say. I just hope we get enough slots to accommodate mm -hmm. the best teams in the region and not leave one or two out, you know, like last year. Because let, let, let's be honest. I mean, there were some regions that probably didn't deserve as many slots as they got. And if you don't believe me, I highly recommend you go look at TI10 results <laughs> and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. So, you know, while I am supportive of, of developing regions, I am very supportive of, of developing regions. But at the end of the day, you know, this is business, John. This is mm. TI. We're, we're, no playing around. You can develop at other times, but TI is TI. You know, we need some damn slots going. That we do. That we do. And I'm keen to see when that rolls around. I mean, we, we do have those weird wildcard things where they're flying teams in, right? For Remember that entire announcement that 
because of this schedule that we were gonna have like a wild card plan for the mm. last few slots so you never yeah. know we could we could maybe have I even more if we get really good points in the next majors you know if we get really good points up so the teams are secured by points let's say two teams are secured by points we're gonna have mm. one true qualifiers and one true wild card so we could get four if we're really good at it who knows oh and you know how we are during those qualifiers, John. We get very excited here in uh, in our region, so I'm, I'm sure the qualifiers will be very good for us when the time comes. And I like that anyway. I, I like holding. The one thing I always missed about TI is open qualifiers. I think mm. open qualifiers should have never disappeared. I and, and they might bring it back. You never know. I mean, you talked about wildcard qualifiers and things like that. I think open qualifiers for TI should always be a thing. Not just for the up-and-coming casters who can really get their names out mm. there by, by casting the bigger matchups, but just for the, the, the up-and-coming teams as well, because we've seen teams come out of open qualifiers and actually put up a pretty good performance uh, at TI, and I'd love to see it again. It's it's the dark horse or the you know the, that wild card team or the dark horse or the underdog. It it gets you excited, mm. you know, and I, I think it's very important for Dota to remain very open uh, in that way where anyone could literally come in out of nowhere and just win. Yeah. And you get the greatest stories, like OG back at, you know, TI8, TI9. I mean, that wouldn't have been a good story had it not been for Fly leaving No-Tail last minute and him, and him having to remake the team and Coach Seb coming out of out of retirement to play for the... It wouldn't have been a good story, you know? The suffering and the pain that you endure to, to try and make it through and win, which they did twice in a row, that's what makes the great story. And so I think open qualifiers, open qualifiers and wildcards and things like that, they're just, they're amazing for these things. Because you don't know what these teams went through. I mean, mm. we're, we're hopefully going to find out what Team Spirit went through uh, in true sight soon enough uh, before their TI run. God only knows what they had to go through, John. It should be very exciting, but it's all about the story at the end of the day. Uh, and I, I don't know, I think open qualifiers and wildcards are, are very important when it comes to majors and TI. Oh yeah, like I think there would be a way to work open qualifiers in. Just add more slots to the lower bracket starts. I think, uh, you, of course, you want to reward consistency in DPC, but yeah. there should still be like a, a last chance for teams to maybe find two slots for open qualifiers into the playoff format that we do have for the you know closed qualifiers, if you want to say, and. Yeah. You know, not just OG for us, you know, like Genesis was also there, right? Like that was a team we followed yeah. actually through the open qualifiers, saw them all the way till the end, and they dropped to Mineski, and Mineski didn't do great that year. So I was very oh, disappointed. I, I remember I remember my feelings there, Mike. I was very salty about it, actually. I was like, oh, yeah. Genesis was there with Gunner in his top form, because Gunner was also like a, you know, still a fresh star at that point. Often we're pretty oh, fresh, was. except like, except like Forev, old man Forev. So. You know, no, that but even he was something. doing a great job. Yeah, he was doing great. But I'm saying, you know, he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, he, he wasn't a young star. He was a, a what do you say? How do you say this nice and polite? A veteran guiding the the veteran. youth. You know, yeah, he's yeah. a veteran. Yeah, I would have loved. To yeah, see it. man, I, I still can't get over that. It's been years. It's been actual years. Yeah. And I still remember uh, the finals of that. I, I, I do sometimes have thoughts, Ginnisbrus, and what could have been? What 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 could that team have done? Because it felt like they had so much momentum behind them. Uh, the crowd was really getting behind this team, and mind you, John, they I believe they still had close qualifiers after, even if they had beaten out uh, Mineski, had they not? 
No. Am no. I remembering incorrectly? Was this close qualifiers? That was close qualifiers. Yeah, okay. Close it was never mind. It was close qualifiers. All I remember was I was very annoyed as well. You and I were we were both very annoyed, right? Because it's like no offense to the to the team that did beat them back then, but they weren't looking good. And they went into TI and they, you know, they performed as expected, which is not very good. So it's, I would have much preferred, I think you and I both share the same sentiment. And I think a lot of the, the viewers shared that sentiment. You would have been better off having this dark horse come in that nobody knows about and just see what the hell happens, you know? And even if they flopped, you know, even if it just, you know, went all down the toilet, who cares? Because that happened anyway. Mm-hmm. It practically happens every year, to be frank, apart from last year. <laughs> yep. It's, uh, that's the Southeast Asian pain, you know. For such a long... it's I think that's one reason why C feels a lot better now, Mike. Because remember the past years, it's only been two teams. Right? Like, oh, two or three teams. It was always Fnatic, always Mineski, and always TNC. No one else yeah. would ever pass yeah. through closed qualifiers. No one else would ever beat them, even though they'd look better... These teams just always knew what else Southeast Asia was doing. And since that's broken up, I feel like we're in such a better position. You know, you have lost traditional powerhouses. TNC is not the same. Mineski's just completely gone. Although SMG with Orin, and again, kind of the three players from there, is kind of a revival. But I think that breakup was needed, and it's just helped us so much more. I think um, the region's just improved much more without that notion, that fanatic... Mineski and TNC are gatekeeping. Kind of like an NA. You know you know what happened in Tour 1 NA? Sure, overall, you might say they're weaker. But now, your teams have a fighting chance against EG. It doesn't feel like it's a waste of time to try. Right? Like, that's one thing. The mental aspect of it. It's like, you go in, you join the DPC, you climb up from Div 2, and then you realize we can maybe play against everyone else. We're all even. But then there's this one big EG that just curb stomps everyone. It just plays into your psyche. And I think it's yeah. important for the regions to not have that kind of situation. So I'm actually pretty hopeful for NA to steadily improve, like TSM and um, Quincy to just improve even more because there's no more EG keeping them down. Right. I'm with you on that 100% because it gets boring and stale as well, right? Like you you see the t same teams at the top, you see the same teams winning, you see the same teams going to the, the LAN, you see the same teams at the in the top three, right? I mean, this is where that whole... EU versus China script argument came from in the first place because it was literally all that was happening. They would win, which is fair enough to them. They deserve to win because they, you know, they won. So and they move into the grand finals. It's usually European team versus Chinese team. One of them wins. Hurrah, hurrah. We all go home. We repeat it a few months later. Like that's, <laughs> you know, it was getting boring, John. And sometimes you'd have EG in the grand finals and they'd happily, not happily, but they'd come second, you know? <laughs> They'd come second. Happily I mean, if there's one thing... You, you, I mean, well, you've got to be happy at this point, right? I mean, you've came second how many times now? I, I don't know. What's... Do you want to talk about this? What's the problem with EG, John? What's wrong with what, EG? What, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I don't know what's up with them. Just give us Abbott back. That's all I'm begging now. Please. If you're not gonna, If you're not going to give him anything beyond Storm, please bring him back. Because he plays, like, so much. He plays his Earth Spirit mid. Uh, he plays his Snapfire mid. He plays a lot of crazy stuff, man. Please. Yeah. Uh, please, EG. Please, Mr. EG. If, if you're not going to let Abbott play fun heroes... 
bring him back. He had to sell his sports car because he's not staying here even. Oh. He wants to be with his sports car. No, we want him back. I don't know. I don't, with EG, I, I have no clue. I know there's a lot of people that means that it's a certain aspect of, a, of their behind the scenes. And yes. I, all I can say is I don't know. I actually, I legitimately don't know because I don't know how their dynamic works. I mean, they no, lost it's... Fly and it it hasn't really changed for the better. So I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit unfair. I mean, obviously it's a bit of a meme at this point, but I think it's unfair that people continue to just keep blaming Bulba mm -hmm. about the drafting. Maybe he is the one drafting though. Like maybe it is his decision. Like if it's just him, Right? If nobody else is talking and Bulba's just in there and he's going to, for the 50th time in a row, I'm going to take Storm or Ember. You know? It's like, <laughs> listen, there, there's more, like, Abed's a good player. I mean, I know this is probably new to him, but the, the Abed's a very good player, right? Let him play something else. He's a versatile player. Stop giving him Storm and Ember every <laughs> damn game. I mean, maybe now, maybe now, because you can buy five nulls and an arcane blink and you could just zip across the map. Maybe now it's actually worth to do it. <laughs> All I'm saying is, though, I think it's unfair to blame Bulb. I, I, hmm. I, we don't know if it's actually Bulb. I'm pretty sure the rest of the team would agree with Bulb that maybe they should choose Storm or Ember. I'm just, I think people are getting a little bit tired of it, especially us in Southeast Asia, because, because we know how good the guy is. We know how versatile our bet is. Why the hell is he on the same two heroes? I mean, could you imagine drafting against EG like for the past year and a half, two years? Could you imagine? Like, you know who's going to be mid. Like, all right, you're either versing Storm or Ember. Who do you want? That's it. That's the question. And as important... Like, think about the meta right now. How important is the mid lane? How important? It's the most important lane right now. It's basically the pause one. Like, the safe lane is the pause two at this point, right? And you keep having the same damn heroes every time. It, it gets a little bit concerning after a while. Because that's your most important lane at this point. So what the hell's happening? You know? What are we doing? Like, Arteezy can still go farm the jungle for the next two hours if you give Arbit something different. He doesn't need to play Storm or Ember. So who's making this stupid decision of constantly giving the same heroes that look so obvious? If, you, if you're drafting against them, it's too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> it is. It is. Imagine, I mean, let's, let's use Yopage again as a focal point. Remember regional finals, six bans for his mid. You know, that, 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 that shows you how deep... You can go. That's what you want. You make you want the enemies to think very hard about what the hell you're planning because Boom can just open up with Snapfire and you wouldn't know what's going on. Right? Like you just pick Snapfire TA. Who's going to be mid? Who's going to be support? Who's going to be safe lane? You wouldn't know. You know, that's, that's no. what we want. And Abbott's that kind of player. He, If you let him play all these heroes, he would have the exact same band pool as Yopaj. Because remember, yeah. they're pretty Ooh. much... I, I would say Yopaj is basically Abed three years ago three two years ago you right. know when he was popping off and i think abed is still he's still that good it's just that he needs a boom you know he he needs someone like gary to rescue him or he needs his team to finally open up to the possibilities that he hasn't explored like his snapfire like his i know just just all these heroes just all these plays well, that abed could do man it goes back to the point you made. BTS Pro Series 4. He comes back, suddenly he's not playing Ember or Storm's oh, yeah. He's playing mid-Snapfire. He's playing the TAs. He's he's bringing out different stuff. He's playing the Kunkka. Like, well, why why is it always the same shit when we go back to the, the team? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. It, it's... 
I don't know who's at fault though. Again, I'm not mm. blaming Bulba because I don't personally know mm -hmm. who the hell is in charge of this drafting. And at some yeah. point, if you're coming second every tournament, while that is an amazing feat, <laughs> second is still a great position, John. Yep. But you're still the first loser, right? <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> well, you are. John, could you imagine, right? Could you imagine? Now, hold on a minute. You used to do boxing, yeah? Yeah, yeah, You still yeah. do some boxing, right? Yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. you joined a boxing tournament. Like, you were you were trying to be a professional boxer. Mm -hmm. And you go into a tournament where you have to have a few fights a day. But imagine every single time you came second. <laughs> Would that not bother you? It'd like, you've got to stand depressing. on the stage. You've got to stand up on the podium. <laughs> They're putting that gold medal, the, giving the gold trophy over to the guy that came first. And you're always with the silver, every time, without a doubt. No matter how much money they give you, no matter how pretty they make that silver medal, John, would that not get on your nerves a little bit? Oh, 100% it would. It would really get to you, for sure. For sure, it's not going to feel good. I can't, I can't imagine how it must be for EG, specifically like Artur. I, I can't imagine how that is, because he's like the longest running member at this point. And I can see why Ice 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 wouldn't want that to happen. I mean, placing second for him is like, yeah, nah. No, he, he wants to be first, so. I don't know. I, I can I, I do know what you're trying to say, Mike. It's not a great feeling. But it's got to kick well, them the out. Yeah, you're, you're the first loser every time. It's I the worst position to be in, is it not? Yeah, you're the top loser. Like, you're the would top you not loser. rather just come last and go on a holiday for the next week? Just watch the games from, you know, from your booth? Or, like, it's the worst feeling. Every grand final you go into, you got to play a best of five. EG might go through the lower bracket, so they've got to play essentially a best of eight, you know? And every time, without a doubt, no matter what damn team they're versing, they're coming second. It's got to be unbelievably <laughs> annoying, especially for Arteezy. I mean, I feel like crying for Arteezy sometimes, John. He, he, how does it keep happening to the poor man? Is, is it, is it really a curse? I'm starting to believe it. And I'm not, I'm not a guy that's, you know, into that kind of, that kind of crap. I'm not, I'm not spiritual or anything, but is it a curse? I don't know. Is it the drafting? I don't know. Is the roster just not good enough? I don't, I, I don't know. It's just, you can't keep coming second. You can't. It's worse than coming last every time. It really is. Yeah. It really is, though, John. It because is. Because you think to yourself, if you're coming second every tournament, how do you fix it? Like, how do you fix it? What do you change? What do you change? If you're coming second, you're literally what, a couple games away from coming first. Mm. Do you change the roster? Do you switch out a player? Is it the drafting that's an issue? Did you make, is there some small mistake in a game you're making that's just not good enough to come first? Like, what is it? I think, what is it? I, I think I think we can actually look at C and we can go back to Boom Esports here. Because remember Boom's curse was also second place. Like they would go pro series. <laughs> they, were. they would they would like wreck face in the lower bracket finals, then go zero three for no reason. And it just didn't make sense. I do not know, but Boom fix it. And the answer was keep one player, kick everyone else out. Change. And complete change. That might be what's needed. It worked for FBZ, it worked for Boom. We, we've we lost Randy giving us his meme interviews where he's just, I don't even know now, looking back at those interviews, I don't think he was even fully joking when he'd say stuff. You know, He'd be like completely deadpan, it's like, what are you guys worried about? It's like, I'm worried about my team throwing a 97% chance lead. I don't think he was completely joking because you could see the despair on his face yeah, knowing joking. that they were going to be second. You know, it's He like, wasn't joking. Yeah. <laughs> I love Randy, but yeah, it's like, it, it gets into you mentally and I think the best thing at that point is 
rebuild. You know, completely rebuild. Look at them. Look where they are now after completely rebuilding. They're number one. And that's what right. we want. Let, let's... I've got to I've got to move on to this point. Someone in the a couple people in the chat have brought this up. I think it's fair. What about LGD? Second in two TIs in a row. Uh, or not not I can't even remember now. Was it TI8 and TI10? They came second. Not in a row, I don't think, right? I, I can barely remember. It's been too much time, John. Who Yeah, TI8 TI9 and was 10. Yeah, TI8 8 and 10. Well, who's a 9? Oh, let me just look it up. Jesus Christ. How oh, unprofessional of us. Yeah, TI8 and 10. Who's on TI9? I forget now. Wasn't it like Nigma or something? Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. You're yeah, right, yeah, right, it was right, Liquid. Yeah. yeah, Liquid versus OG TI9. So TI8, TI10. LGD comes second both times. Obviously, we know the Chinese community was not happy about it. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, respect to them, they have a really damn good team. So it's hard to not be annoyed that LGD can dominate a whole TI and then just they can't finish the race. Like, they're just collapsing before that finish line every time. So they changed rosters. TI-8, they had a great roster. I mean, I, I love the TI-8 roster. Mm -hmm. FY there, Somnus is there. That, that roster made me happy. They couldn't win against OG. Fair enough. TI-9, they don't even make it to the grand finals. They got close. They didn't make it. TI-10, they make it again with a completely different roster. And I'm a big fan of this roster too, too, John, because we were there casting E-Home when they had Faith Beyond. Yep. And we were talking about how great these players were. We were, we were saying, man, Faith Beyond, he's a weapon. You've got, uh, you've got nothing to say as well. The man's a weapon, mm -hmm. right? Ame's arguably been the best carry in the world for the last three years, but it just hasn't proceeded to a, a win for TI. What the hell's going on, John? What do they need? That's a question that I can't even answer. I don't know what's up. I think at that point, it feels like if you've been at, on stage that many times at TI, I feel like that's there's no way to put it. It feels like a choke. You know, like it, it's like a mental thing they have to overcome. I think I've I've been seeing a couple of things like you. It feels like at that point you need like a esports psychologist, like no kappa. You you actually need right. someone to help you overcome maybe some of that stress. Because I think this is just my viewpoint from an Asian viewpoint. You know, like in 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 Asian culture, it feels like there's a lot more pressure to keep it inside, to pretend everything's good, to not express like. Um, any sort of stress that you might have mentally especially and i think that might be maybe playing in for lgd because you know we see we see you know true side they they're all relaxed they all seem relaxed they say it's fine i think they have to be able to express that it's not fine when shit hits the fan you know they have to be able to express that and figure out how to go forward so maybe in that sense i i feel like the furthest you can go is like a psychologist but i know like that it feels like for me because they are so freaking good now, the only yeah. thing I see that's stopping them as a team is really just the mentality behind it. So, you know, that's that's also the OG approach, right? They they had an esports psychologist on hand earlier than a lot of teams, and they really got into the mental warfare side. I think that's somewhere LGD can fortify themselves now and yeah. maybe bring in the win. Now, on my end, I hope they don't do that, so Boom will win, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, biased podcaster John X Fire. Imagine you that. You know it. Still, I mean, we. Uh, I want to come into def in defense of the LGD players for a second as well. Mm. I think the community is being way too harsh. Yeah. Right. Like, 
he and I agree with the the psychological standpoint. I agree. Maybe it is more of a maybe it is a bit more of the mental side that they need to work on because clearly it's not their play. Like they mm. are ve- they're, they're the best in the world. I mean, they were the best in the world at TI10. Spirit won, so obviously they take that title. But I mean, come on, John. At TI10, LGD was the best, and TIN LGD was the best team in the world, but they just couldn't get across that finish line. I think. There is also a matter of your community's going too hard on you, right? They've, they've come second at two TIs. They've been in multiple grand finals. I understand the frustration of the LGD fans. Obviously, it's got to be pretty painful to watch a team that should have almost guaranteed one two times now just flop every time. I get it. But the community, to me, the way they're treating them is getting ridiculous. Remember the whole Zhao 8 betting scandal thing that was going on? Now, I'm not saying Zhao 8 should have been out betting. Obviously, as a coach of a team, you really shouldn't be betting, especially when it comes to your own team. That's That was a really dumb move, to, to, to say the least, right? Though I suppose Zhao 8 didn't think he'd get caught in the first place. So, you know, if I'm not going to get caught, then it's not such a dumb move. But that's not the reason they lost. Maybe the drafting you could question. Maybe they shouldn't have given Collapse Magnus every game. I mean, I could agree with that part. You know, that was a bit surprising. Like, let's give Collapse his absolute best hero that he just continues to delete people with Mm. every single time. Like, probably not a great idea, you know? But it's like when when Nygma were giving the... Or rather, Liquid were giving the Monkey King to to Topson or the... Or whatever, you get my point. Like, just don't give heroes away that you know you can't beat. Like, the the Ana Ayo during TI9. Don't do that. They're too good at these heroes. Just don't give them the damn hero. But I don't know. I also think the community is getting a bit too... Mm. A bit too aggressive. I mean, really. Like, well, especially with, like, teams like Team Asta. Now, that one, I understand why the frustration's there, because they're making it to every land, but they're losing every land instantly. <laughs> and trust me, John, we, you and I, being SCA supporters, we know that feeling. Now, I'm not going to drop any names, but we know the feeling very well, right? Yep. Oh, but yeah. they, they're taking it too far. Like, how, how do you expect a team like Team Asta to get over that mental blockage that they clearly have. And I think Team Aster is a team that really has a pretty big mental blockage going on. How do you expect them to get past that? If you're shitting on them even more when they're down. You know what? They need a they need a helping hand. They don't need you to kick them more when they're on the ground already. You know, it's... I don't know. I think LDD's kind of copying the same treatment. I just mm-hmm. think is good enough that they can carry on with that kind of assertion from the community. I think LGD is so good that they're making it work even with that much crap being thrown at them. But you've got a question. If they get to a third TI final and they don't win, John, how bad does it get? You know? How bad does it get for LGD? I'm, it gets pretty bad, I think, uh, at that point. Uh, three TIs in a row? Like, it's pretty painful. It reminds me of almost like the Navi story, right? The TI1 to TI3, TI1... They won two, three, and even up to, yeah, two, three, they were finalists. They never had that third opportunity, but it's really rough. I think um, I, I want LGD to finally win at the same time again. At that point, if they lose to Boom, I'm not going to be too sad about it. So look, it is what it is. Here's the thing, John, yeah. and I'm a huge fan. I mean, you can look up previous casts of John and I casting e-home back when they had yeah. faith beyond but, you know, we're huge fans right i want 
a player like Faith Beyond to win a second time. For anyone that doesn't know, he was part of Wings Gaming when they won, what was it, TI6, I think it was, TI5, whatever it was. You know, I've got a terrible memory, I'm getting old. But you, you get my point. I'm a huge fan. But if I'm perfectly honest with you, John, if I'm really, really honest with myself, mm -hmm. if there was one LGD team I would have loved to really win, and I would have placed them over any other team, it was when FY and Somnus oh, were yeah. It doesn't feel the same without them. I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel the same. Like, FY not being part of the team especially kind of kills me. Mm. Right? Because I think FY is by far one of the greatest post-4s we've ever seen. Right? In the world. Not just in China, in the world. I, I think he was one of the greatest we've ever seen. Yeah. It kills me to see that he's still not part of that squad. It really does. And then you saw Somnus, what was last TI, TI-10, he... There was the the quote he made of I, I can't remember what the exact words were but words were but he was very philosophical about it he he was saying he felt like he wasted his best years on PSG LGD you know and it's it kind of got to me a little bit I, I was tearing up a little bit John I was like well hold on you know it's it felt like they were just such a big part of of PSG LGD and I mean obviously the new roster's great John but Fy and Somnus I. You would, no matter what region they're from, I believe they should have already won a TI. Yeah, I think for the most heartbreaking is really FY because you know he just looked devastated last time. It reminds me, I mean, there's so many good Chinese players that feels like they deserve it. Like remember SCCC on UV? Like, yeah, that was also like yeah, devastating oh, that was heartbreaking. Like, that was that was absolutely yeah. heart wrenching. And but that that's Dota too. You know, it's it's a heartbreaking game at the top level. Only one team will ever win. And sometimes, you know, this is the one thing as well with Dota. You could be in your top form. You could do everything right to reach that point. Mm. But when it comes down to the best of five, anything can happen. Legitimately, what No Tail said is pretty much the story of Dota 2. Anything can happen. Yeah. You can prepare as well as you can. You can try to adapt as well as you can. But Dota 2 is just a very unpredict unpredictable game, even at the top level. And yeah. it's just what it is. It's like... It really pushes you to its limits, and I think, you know, despite them deserving to win, they just weren't the better team, and that's just the way the cards fall sometimes. It, it's devastating when it happens to you two, three times in a row, but that's Dota 2. It's devastating to get yeah. 20 games lost in a day, Mike. You know, it, it happens. Well, that's why we love Dota. I mean, that, that's... I mean, I hate to make the direct comparison, John, but that's why I wouldn't be able to watch a game like League of Legends because it's always <laughs> the same crap. You know, mm -hmm. well, what are the? I, I can even name. I've never watched a. Le I've, I've watched one League of Legends game in my life, just to just to see what it was like. And I still know some of the teams from from there because I what is it SKT Telecom or some yeah, garbage yeah, like that. Yeah. Like it's always it's always Faker's gonna make a comeback this year. Like it's always the same crap. <laughs> it's always the same shit. Always the same teams at the top of League of Legends. They have like five kills and thirty minutes. I mean, it's just it, it's abysmal. Could you imagine Dota was like that? Could you imagine? That's why I get so annoyed at the, the EU versus China script every TI. That's why I can't handle it. I was so happy to see Team Spirit make it last year into, into Grand Finals. Because I was like, well, at least we got something different. Because otherwise, it, we're just like the other game. You know, maybe not <laughs> as bad, but it gets boring, doesn't it, John? Oh, you yeah. Know? If you're from does. Southeast Asia or South America or NA, or it gets a bit boring, does it not? The same teams every time and oh look miracle's gonna you know miracle's gonna pull off a miracle this year it's like I, who cares <laughs> show me the show me the new generation yep 
you know what I, I don't care what team secrets done this week or what enigma's gonna do next i don't care show me some new teams remember when thunder predator made that run in singapore oh, major man yeah how great did that feel john oh, and ob amazing. neon i mean i know they only came top eight but that's the, besides the point it felt amazing not only for for the people involved in the talent but it felt amazing for the community i'm sure because they were watching something special happen in front of them you know and i think eu teams you'll notice this and props to teams like og and team secret because they do a great job of trying to help mm. teams from from more developing regions out like i've noticed team secret they get very involved with the sea teams i think middle meepo is the guy in charge and shout out to him because he he does seem to be an sea fan but i appreciate the fact that the bigger organizations from europe do like to come in and maybe help out the the twitter account of these teams or you know whatever it whatever it may be they're trying to help out a little bit and kind of elevate them a little bit and i appreciate that i appreciate when they do it to south america as well because at the end of the day if you're a t if you're a person that owns a european team like team secret or or og or enigma or whatever you don't always want to win as much as you always want to win you're only as good as the competition you're against every mm. grand final if you're beating complete tomato cans every single time it means nothing that you want right you need to have really good competition and preferably you want to have diverse competition right it's just better it brings in more eyes it brings in more money right it brings in more interest so it's in the european teams and even the chinese team's best interest to actually have better competition to be up against that aren't necessarily from their own region as much as they'd like to be patriotic about it and say, oh, EU's the best or China's the best or NA's the best or whatever. But it's always going to be better if you if you have a South American team come up or you have a South e Southeast Asian team come up because you you need those viewers from those from those t places in the world to to rock up and have their eyes glued to the glued to the screen, right? You need their money too. You need their participation to. You need these things. Yeah, definitely. And I'm hoping, <clears throat> I'm hoping that we keep improving across the regions. Like I, I love seeing the Team Secret Twitter guy. You know why? Because Mitter Meepo, I think Secret in particular is very involved in C because they have C teams in other games. Right. So right. by association, he's got to watch the Valorant games of Southeast Asia. He's got to watch. Do they have a Mobile Legends team? Maybe Wild oh, Rift team. You know, they they have a bunch of that. So so you know, they, so you know they they engage with the audience, and I love that that bleeds into the Dota, and OG as well have been very they, with Dubai Galaxy right now. They like, uh, gamers Galaxy going on right now. They've been really good. So I'm hoping this does continue. You know, and like that that camaraderie between the regions continues, and we keep getting good competition because yeah. it's at the very least for Southeast Asia, it's on the up and up. And I think uh, every region should be happy about that. Having the more only teams way, to fight. the only way our region's going down is if our pay our players get poached. I'm calling it right <laughs> now. Yep, that's it. That's what's going to happen. If we're going to go back down to where we were, that means players are getting poached, right? And this goes back to the topic we were talking about, John. Japoy's been talked about a lot recently, Jonathan. Now look. He's a he's a young man from Davao City. He's he's from your hometown, basically, from the Philippines. We we all know you know John. It's not a very rich country. You've said it to me many times. It's it's still a developing country. I'm sure Japoy is getting a lot of money in Boom Esports. I'm sure Gary's taking care of him. But when Team Secret comes knocking on that door, John, or OG comes knocking no. on that door, no, say hey, no, Idol, Mister Yopage, Japoy, 
We have a romantic dinner instead of Dominic's oh. We talk. We'll have the parents involved. We have a business conversation. I heard Gary's paying you six figures. How about I pay you seven? You know? Or how about I... Well, why not, John? He's the best in the world. I'm telling you, he's one of the best mid-laners in the world, John. Why the hell not? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? That's true. If that's you win true. one TI, who the hell cares what you paid your point? Right? Who the hell cares? The sponsorships you're going to get, the prize pool commissions you're going to get as an organizer. Who the hell cares? Pay the guy 500 grand a year. Pay him a million a year. Right? <laughs> so when they, they come knocking on the door, John, you tell me. As a man from Duval City, can you tell me if that was you in his position, you wouldn't say yes. If they were talking about double or triple the salary, you're going to tell me you'd say no for the Filipino pride. I mean, you have to consider, right, how do you feel about your chances of winning with him outside of money? Because in the end, that's going to, as you said, it's it's minuscule compared to TI. So I think right. for, for Yopaj, in his best interest, boom, looks like they're going to win. I think that's not something you want to drop. We've seen players do that right. before. You know, they leave a winning team for better chances elsewhere, and then you lose it all. You know, your team doesn't go far in TI. It ends up flopping. You're... Your salary is so ridiculously high, but you didn't get TI done that sometimes your contract gets canceled early. So, no, I, I, I think I think Yopaj will stay. I think he's he has his family. Boom is family. You know, mm. as as the Fast and Furious films will say, family is important. Like, <laughs> family is important, man. FBZ won't let him. Yeah, and FBZ won't let him. No, he's gonna chase Daddy him down. No, nope. yeah. yeah, he's gonna chase him all the way down if he does leave. I. Yeah, that's 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 what's gonna happen. Gary will will not let that contract go. He'll confiscate the iPhones if Yopage leaves. So yeah, no more yeah. iPhone for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I I hope nobody gets. I, look, I hope they get poached, but I hope they decline because they're good enough to be like, no, I'm gonna make prize money. I'm gonna win SEA's first TI. Who the hell cares what you have to pay me? You know, maybe you're right. I mean, you, you always told me that they're very family eccentric in, in the Philippines, so it makes enough sense that he might want to stick around. Um, and I don't even want to just talk about the Philippines, John, because a lot of regions have been showing up. I mean, we've got uh, Lilgan, I believe. Are they Laos? They're from Laos? No, Lilgan's Mongolian. 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 My yep, apologies. Yep. Mongol I, I get it mixed up. I apologize. I'm not very good with the northern uh, countries. So <laughs> Mongolian uh, Mongolian is Lilgan. Uh, where, where's YG from, John? I mean, you've, Myanmar. Is Myanmar. it a mix? Myanmar. Okay. Yeah. So you got Myanmar. I'm just going to ask you so I don't offend people by mixing <laughs> it up. Um, your Motivate Trust is from Thai, though obviously mm. they're not doing very well right now, but they're from Thailand. Uh, Jackie's a Laos player. I believe mm -hmm. I'm correct in saying yes. that, right? So uh philippines obviously always has done pretty well when it comes to dota uh indonesia's showing up quite a lot recently smg's a malaysian organization that's showed up i'm very happy to see it and you've even got t1 from south korea showing up and this is one thing that i wanted to talk about for a long time as well the one thing i never liked if there's one thing that always bothered me back in the day when we first started casting sea dota i didn't like that team stuck with their own nationality a lot. Mm. Like, I didn't like that it had to be all Filipinos or all Indonesians or all Thai. Or I, I pref And I understand why they did it. I understand there's a language barrier and obviously being able to communicate in a game of Dota is very important. Plus, you might just feel more friendly because they're from your country and they're just used to living there, whatever, whatever. But you see how great it is when you just take the best countries from uh, the best players from each country, stick them into one team and let them get to work. Like, we saw it with T1, now we're seeing it with Boom Esports, and I hope we see more teams doing it. Shout out to OB Neon, they tend to do this a lot, John. OB Neon mixes their players up a lot. 
from different countries. And I've always appreciated that about OB Neon, yeah. right? I'm saying it's a great thing when you have Indonesians that can work with Filipinos and you have, you know, you have people from Thailand and from Laos that can come in and actually participate in these teams. Uh, and it's, it's, just, it's just great overall. You've even seen a change in the, uh, in the Twitch chat, you know? When we first started casting, Twitch chat was a war zone every <laughs> single day, without a doubt. If a Filipino team was versing any other team, like if it was the Filipinos versus Indonesians, it was a war zone. If the Malaysians <laughs> came in, it was a war zone. This is before the this is before the Thailand the Thailand teams and the La, the, the, the Laos teams and the 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 Mongolian. This is before any of them even came in, John. Mm. It was literally Philippines versus Indonesian teams sometimes. <laughs> And the chat would be a bloody war zone every time. Oh, yeah. Not to say it wasn't entertaining to watch, John. Let me tell you, there's some <laughs> funny was. crap going on, right? <laughs> but my point is, you look at Twitch chat now, and while you do still see people giving crap to each other, it feels more like it's in a loving way. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, you, you, you Filipinos with your shitty internet. Ha, 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 you know? Or, you know, <laughs> indie home packet Phoenix when it comes to... Like, it's more... It's more like we're, we're all friends now. You know, yeah. we're all cool. There's no hard feelings. And I like that. I like the, the way that a team like T1 and a team like Boom unites people and unites different countries. It makes me very happy to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it does. I think it's also our ISPs that unite countries. You know, Indie Home, PLDT in the Philippines. It unites all of us. It's a universal experience between the companies. I did want to correct you there, Mike. You said OB Neon were known for mixing teams. Um, oh, well, I, 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 I will correct you. Neon at their prime was all Filipino. They changed things up, <laughs> and then they immediately. This is what, this is what pisses me off. I get very passionate about this. They take my boy UK, they kick him. Yeah. They take my boy Mamang Daya, they kick him. They take my boy Norman, and then they kick oh. him. I'm I. They had the potential to be that multinational team, but they went back to being a Filipino team. Now, mind you, it looks to be you know on the up and up. But they they took my boys, UK and Mamangdaya, my favorite interviewees, and they just they kicked them. You know, I'm just yeah. I'm just still sad about that. You know, UK is such a great guy to talk to. Like, yeah. it it always strikes me as well when when you're talking to like army geniuses in particular, how young the players are. It never crosses my mind. Maybe it's just me being stupid. You know, because I feel like I'm still 25. I, I never think that I'm 28. You know, it just, you kind of forget your age at some point. So I'm like, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm around her age and I'm talking. Oh, you're 21. It's like, how old am I? Mm, that's a pretty big gap now. It's like, I didn't even notice that, you know, we already have the next generation coming in. And it's just yeah. slowly improving. So it's it's great. I, I hope, I think when you mentioned Army Geniuses having a new roster, I think... It's the players from Army Geniuses in a different roster. Some, something you. else. Let me see. Let me see. I I'm literally messaged to you. John, check your DMs. <laughs> UK, Jikroy, Dalul. That, that is going to be a good name to spam in chat. Dalul. Dalul. Yeah. It's going to be all over chat now. Um, it's an interesting change. I know some of the old players also made a new team. So I think that's another one to watch out for, say, in open qualifiers in Southeast Asia. But yeah, I think... Um, I want to see more multinational teams. I think for something like AG, it's kind of hard to get that because obviously budgets are, are tighter, right? Like, yeah. I think it's only recently we've seen teams get the budgets to bring in international players. Like, I, I like that TNC still keep February around, you know, but they've also kind of reformed to mainly Filipino. I, I want more of that interregional 
composition. I think the the one thing holding it back is before the one thing that really held it back before is as you mentioned, language barrier is the big one. Because yeah. at that point, a lot of the I mean, a lot of Filipinos are comfy enough with English. Um, I think a lot of the um, Indonesian players are also, but not quite. I think this younger generation is much more comfy with the language yeah. overall, and it's leading to great stuff. So hopefully, we see more of that cross uh, crossing nations sooner rather than later, especially as COVID kind of winds down because it seems to be winding down. Hopefully, it keeps staying that way. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you definitely hope COVID doesn't, you know, release another 50 variants and, you know, we have to sit there confused about what we do and all that crap. And I, I agree with your sentiment, John. I, interregional teams, number one, they're just bigger anyway because you, you get multiple countries coming. Like, it was always so fun to see T1 playing, knowing that for once... The Indonesians and the Filipinos, they put their, 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 their garbage aside and they're like, all right, boy, we're in it together. This is an SEA team. It was literally an SEA team. Yep. It wasn't a Filipino team. It wasn't an nope. Indonesian team. It mm. wasn't a Thai team. It was an SEA team. That's what I liked about it, right? And they did well, and I hope it keeps happening because I like seeing... As much as I love the, the Warzone in Twitch chat, I am a sick <laughs> fuck like that, John. I love watching it, Right? <laughs> Sometimes I like to get involved. I like to I like to just mess around a little bit. Just instigate if I can, you know? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is also really good to see the the opposite side of the spectrum of everyone getting along and you know. You know, it's if you're gonna give shit to each other, you, you should also love each other, is the way yeah. I, I think about it. Like give shit with love if yeah. you if you catch my drift. I mean, you you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. For sure. I'm gonna bring up a controversial topic, John. Oh my. For yes. us. Okay. Not for, for in general, for us. Okay. Another tournament goes by. No casters from SEA. Now, you and I have a rule where we don't complain, right? When, when yep. it comes to casting, you and I, and people don't know this because this is between John and I, but I will reveal it now. I mean, it's been, we've casted enough damn games at this point to just say it. We said a long time ago, John and I, no matter what happens, we wouldn't complain mm -hmm. when it came to talent being hired. Because at the end of the day, the way we saw it is, if you worked hard enough, if you put in the time and you, you tried to improve your casting to the best of your ability, you, you did the research on, on whatever teams are there, you, if you're a good talent, right? Our thing was, if you work hard enough, you're going to make it eventually, right? Mm. That's the way I saw it. Even if we are geographically at a, at a disadvantage, because we are, right? Because why would you hire a guy from Australia and the Philippines, which is notorious for, notoriously hard for getting visas to the rest of the world, right? Why would you waste your time with John and I when you could hire someone that's already in Europe? Just make It makes logistical sense, right? But it, it, what is, what's the message that's being sent here, John, for the, for the SCA people that want to become casters or the Australians? I mean, there's Aries. Aries is there. Aries has been doing a great job. Daniel's been doing a great job. What does it say to them? What does it say to me? What does it say to you, right? Like I'm the most third, I'm the third most casted caster in the Western scene. I believe the only two casters ahead of me in terms of games, and it's not a competition for number of games because number of games doesn't dictate how good you are. Mm -hmm. But I think it's still a factor that someone's put in a lot of games casted, right? Trent and Lyrical were the only ones above me, right? And at this point, I'm probably going to overtake Lyrical pretty soon. Again, it doesn't matter in terms of how good the talent is. Uh, how many games have done it just doesn't matter right 
But at what point do you sit there and you go, well, John X Fire and, and MLP Dota, they've cast a lot of games. It, it, when's the point where we say maybe we should give them a chance? When's, when's that point happen, John? Right? Because for me, and I know for you as well, you start to question the last five years of work you've put in. Do you not? <laughs> yeah, that, I'm that not is complaining. true. Mm -hmm. I'm not complaining, but this is a topic that comes up every tournament, right? And quite frankly, John, I think we haven't complained long enough. It's getting to a point now where I'm starting to ask myself, is it even worth it anymore? Mm. Go on, John. Give us your opinion. I feel like it's the, the issue with Nat is, you know, there's there's a cool kid. There's there's a there's a you know, cool kids club, and we're not cool enough kids, Mike. So you just got. Do you think cooler. that's what it is? I think I think. I don't think it's like they're systematically just looking to not get anyone from Asia. Um, yeah. I think it's just a matter of... Well, let's be frank. We don't have the best context in in the game, right? Like, we, we do have our friends with BTS. We've got a few friends outside. But we don't have, like, direct lines to tournament organizers. We're... For the most part, we're not even known by most TOs, right? Like... Um, we get known, I think in particular would say ESL Asia was a very recent one, ESL Australia for you, but yeah. like the bigger TOs just don't know we exist. I think PGL only knew about us when we started doing well, our first actual thing with directly to PGL because we've worked with them before, but yeah. not directly through an intermediary. The first time we worked directly with PGL was Singapore Major. And then it's from there that we managed to get Div to of Southeast Asia season two last year, right? Yeah. So most TOs just don't know us. And that's right. that's where the trick lies. It's like, there is a certain, I don't know how to say it. There's a certain, almost like, I don't, it's not politics, but connections. You know, there are certain connections networking. you have to make. Yeah, networking. And well, because we've never been at LAN, we can't network, and we can't, network, we can't be right. at LAN because we're not invited. So, and we're not but invited let, because we can't. We don't have let networks. Me, let me be frank, anyway, John. No, like this concept of networking, it's just another way of saying if you're friends or you mm -hmm. kiss enough ass, you're gonna yep. make it. Look, at the end, of, this is how, this is the, the frame of mind I had before I even started casting, and I quit my job because I thought because. The same thing happened at my job, John. Unless you were friends. I, I worked in a corporate environment at a bank. It was terrible, in case you were wondering. Um, unless you have friends that are in management, or unless you're family related somehow, uh, or unless you're kissing enough ass, you're not moving anywhere. You're going to be in that same shitty position for the rest of your life, right? And I refuse to, I refuse to kiss ass. I'm not going to make friends with you just because you're the, you're the guy hiring or the manager. It should just be based off who's good enough to be there. If we're not good enough, I, I would just love someone to just, just DM me. Just mm -hmm. DM me saying, hey, Mike, this is why you're not getting hired. Because either you're too rude and people don't like you. You're too cringy. Your casting sucks. John X Fire's analysis sucks. Just say, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I'm approaching people as well, John. This is the thing. I'm approaching other casters. I'm asking them, be honest with me, please. I'm not going to get upset. Are we just that bad? That we're just not considered ever because if we are so be it if we can't improve from here let's move on with our lives and do something else but it, it's you've got to start asking yourself and ladies and gentlemen again i'm not trying to complain i'm not trying to start a riot of any sort i don't want anyone to say anything on on reddit or twitter or anything please don't 
I'm just raising a conversation here with John X Fire. Like, what the fuck are we doing wrong at this point? How do you know we're not good enough if we never give given a chance? It's that classic uni student comes out of uni but can't find a job because he needs experience. What the fuck do I do then? What what the, what are we meant to do? I don't I don't understand. How do you get new talent in? How do you get new talent in? There's plenty of good talent out there. In fact, I saw Leon Arthur in the chat. I'm going to say this right now as well, right? When the lands come back, I expect Leon to be there too, right? From Southeast Asia. Because that man's been doing a great job translating those Chinese, uh, the Chinese articles, doing the interviews. I think you need someone like that there that can actually translate it very well, right? And he's highly, he's, he's pretty damn good at Dota from what I can tell, John. So he knows what he's talking about. So bring him in. Right, because I don't, I don't want to sit there thinking like the script's always China, you know, China versus EU. Oh, everyone wants the Western side to win, right? From because we're all we're from the Western nations, whatever. I want to know what the Chinese stories are more so than what we're being told. You know, I think there's some funny stories we could hear about. I'd like to hear the hardships they go through. I appreciate that we have a guy in the community now like Leon Arthur who's doing that. Right, it's great work, by the way, Leon. Good on you. Right? But you've got to start asking yourself, people like him, people like Aries and Danog, people like you and I, at what point do we get given a chance? Or does it just never happen? Because if it never happens, someone may as well come out and fucking say, hey guys, no point casting, you're probably not going to make it because you didn't kiss someone's ass. If that's what it is, just say it. Right? That's, yeah. that's all I want to know. Or if I'm not good enough, just say it. Just say you're not good enough. I you, haven't got, you haven't got what it takes. I don't know. I know. I, don't I know. feel like you know, you know my position in this. I feel like this should be this should be the year, but what the hell do I know? You know, I I feel like this should be the year that we do make a land. Um, I don't know if it will be. In the end, I feel like things are lining up for that to happen, but who knows? I I don't know. I feel like you know we're we're in a good spot now. This is gonna be a little bit awkward, Mike. I've mm. got a delivery, and my family is out for some reason. They're all out. They left me at home. The dogs are going wild. The doorbell's ringing. I'm going to edit this out later, but I'll, I'll have to get no, that package. leave it organic. Leave it organic. Turn off right. the cam and go get all your right. damn package. All right. I'll get the package. Right. I'll, I'll get the package. I'll talk to Mike's the here. Mike's here. All right. all right. Anyway, what I was trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, while John's away, is I, I don't want... I actually don't like when people go, you know, like, I, I don't... I don't think any of us casters want people to start talking shit about other casters or anything like that. We don't. But it's it gets to a point where it starts to get a little bit concerning. And there's only so much time you can't not bring it up. Like for the last, what is it, four or five years, John X Fire and I have casted. And there's been casters that have cast longer than me. Like what about B-Cop? Like, well, does he not get a chance? How, how do you know he's not good on LAN if you never put him in front of a crowd? Like what about those guys? Yeah. It gets to it gets to your nerve gets on your nerves after a while because you've got to ask yourself like what the fuck's going on, who's hiring, what's the what's the criteria anymore, like what's what's the damn criteria, you know it's 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 hard because when you're a talent, there's no real criteria, there's no list of things you can tick off and say oh okay you've got to you're good at hyping and you're good at you know, rap guarding or whatever there's no criteria there's no list of things you need to follow to make it right like you it's just a journey that has no real open like there's no real ending to it you've just got to fucking you've just got to get there but at what point does someone say all right let's give these guys a chance 
And again, I couldn't even care less, John. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank I couldn't you. even care less if it's not if it's not John and I. By all means, hire Aries and Danog. Hire hire B Cop and Black. Hire somebody else. Yeah, like I I don't know, John. May, maybe I'm having a bit of a sook here. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. <laughs> I know I'm venting a little bit, and it's probably going to sound like I'm pretty frustrated. But you've got to, I, and I know you and I have gotten the furthest we've ever gone personally. Mm -hmm. We're in Div One now, whatever, whatever. We're at the stage where we can't improve if we don't have a LAN. Yep. Like, it, that's what it feels like. Like, how much more can you improve? Yeah. How much? Well, what can I do? What can you do? Not much. Like, I guess at this point, it's just... If we're in, we're in. If we're not, we're not. I mean, I, I feel like on my end, I've, I've pushed really hard to, you know, uh, contact people. You and I have been trying that. We've been having talks with... Um, friends of ours who also feel the same way, you know, we've been trying our best, but I don't know, Mike, I don't know. I'm, you know, I said, I, I did say this year, right? But then I don't know if the next major is going to have us. Um, cause I, well, we have, we have some really long-term history there. Uh, remember we did get TMC <laughs> years ago there, if you remember. So I don't know, I don't know. Like I don't know if that's something that would stick. I just don't know. It's one of those interesting things. Like it's like I, I I've 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 reached out to casters that are in the T1 scene before about this. And I've I've had open conversations with them about it. A lot of the people in those scenes also don't understand why we haven't been why why we don't get given a chance or other people don't give it a don't get given a chance. Like they don't get it. It seems like, and I believe, I don't want to quote somebody without knowing 100%, but I'm going to go ahead and say, I think it was on the Sunspan and Cinderin podcast. I believe one of them said that casting is basically 80% networking. Yep. Right? I, I think the figure was 80%, whatever it is. Obviously, that's a rough estimate. But it's, if, if, like, if that's what we're doing, what the fuck's the point of casting? Right? Yep. So you're telling me I could I could go find a place to live in Europe, and I could just try to get in, in the friends group. If that's what it is, what's the point? How are we going to find the best casters? How are we going to find the best talent? Is casting even a competition anymore? I don't know. It used to be. It used to be. I'm not going to bring up the old names because obviously there was some terrible shit that happened, and they don't, probably don't deserve to be here anymore. But it used to be a competition for the best talent. And it just doesn't feel like that anymore. Yeah, I think in that sense, instead of like, you know, zooming in on Dota and talking about like the issues it has, I think we can compare this to actually other games. And I will, I am loath to admit this, Mike, every single time, loath to admit this. But when I look at, say, Valorant is actually a really pertinent example. Yeah. The talent they get for Valorant in the Philippine casts for the Filipino taglish mix they always find like new talent and there's always that opportunity for them to work on the english broadcast for the regional shindig you know when when they do their regional run or if they're whatever you call it vct challengers or whatever these talent have the opportunity to cover the region and not just in filipino but you know cover the wider english coverage and there's always that equal opportunity in a riot game so yeah. that's that's where a lot of oversight comes in because I think in a sense, and as far as I know, 
Illustrado now and Vil, my two friends who do cast, they very rarely cast other games now. I think it's almost like they're full-time contracted by Valorant somewhat. I don't know if they're considered employees of the of Riot in that sense. I don't think so. But there is much mm. more structure and much more opportunity for other languages to have their opportunity in English if they do speak English well, you know? It's not yeah. locked in. It's not a friends group. And in that sense, I think that's where specifically, again, the oversight that Riot as a company has makes better. Now, mind you, I don't know how the process is for a new pro for a new caster to, to, to just go into Valorant and try to join the circuit. You know, I don't know how yeah. that process is like. It might be even worse than trying to come into Dota 2, which for you and I, it was a process for like, how long? Like one, two, 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 three years of doing whatever. Having like one job every three months. I think that was our rate in 2018. Uh, so I'm not sure if it's any better. I feel like it might be, but... It also raises the question, like, will would you really want that kind of structure in Dota? I think to an extent, there has to be some oversight like that. You know, to yeah. to a certain extent. I'm not saying they take over everything with broadcast rights. They start dictating broadcast themselves. No. Yeah. But I think um, something has to be done to promote or to make it, not promote, but, you know, to maybe encourage... Uh, New talent shakeup. I know. I know what that would be yeah. like. I know how you do that, but it's easier said than done because I don't know what the solution either uh, to kind of break that up. It's weird, right? Because like, let's say you're a talent that's worked in the scene forever. Like, let's say you've been there since day one. Like, uh, an example. I, I think a good example might be someone like Purge. Purge has been around for a long time. Uh, Slacks has been around for a long time. Like, let, let's use those guys as an example, right? Because I think they're they're good talent. Like. If you're if you're if you're like a Sir Action Slacks, do you deserve to suddenly be sidelined because there's too many new casters and you've got to give them a chance? No, mm. you don't. Slacks is very good at what he does, and if he's the best at what he does, he should remain in that position. My problem is it doesn't feel like people are focusing on who's the best or who offers the most anymore. My my position is is that they're they're just hiring whoever they think might be like they're taking a guess almost and it's like oh you, you're always going to take a guess but I, I, you get my point you know what i'm trying to say mm. it just i'm not saying that the old talent should be kicked out in any way mm. right because they've done a lot for the community right they're, they're fantastic what they do and they should probably be there for the rest of the the duration of dota in, in my opinion because i would hate to be have been one of those first casters and now i'm losing work because there's a new guy yeah, and, and everyone sure. feels like he should be given a chance. Like that, That's not what I'm saying. Mm. But I'm saying if I was one of those casters that, that was here 10 years ago casting from TI1, I'd probably be sitting there like, maybe we should bring some new faces in. And props, props, we have had new faces. But I start to question what the criteria of hiring those new faces is. I mean, the, the one I was really happy about that, that, that came in was uh, Avo Plus. I was very happy when Avo Plus came in because that guy's been working his ass off for years. I was really annoyed to see he he wasn't getting bigger gigs earlier on. But again, I, I start asking questions. What's the criteria? What's the criteria? Like, I don't know. I'm not saying you start firing old talent because again, mm. they're very good at their jobs. Yeah. I want Slacks to be there. I want Cap to be there. I want OD picks. But at some point you have, I, I just want to know how do you move up anymore? Is If it's just networking, then like we're not even casting anymore, are we? We're just, we're just talking. <laughs> 
I think I think the one thing that makes that hard as well is the pandemic has stopped lands, like not even right. just it, DPC. It, I yeah. think the, the fact that you don't have these small tournaments coming up anymore that I think you and I, again, this is a story we've told before, but before the pandemic hit, you and I were actually supposed to have a land. You know, you and I were yeah. actually supposed to be, it, it wasn't a big tournament. I don't think it's a tournament that would have gotten that much viewership, but we were supposed to be together. We would have met for the first time in our, what is this, five-year relationship, you know, five, yeah. six-year relationship, the first time we'd meet. And the pandemic hit, that that went out the window. And, you know, it, it's it's because of the pandemic that you don't have those tournaments. Like we, there's another tournament that we were supposed to kind of line ourselves up for as well, that delayed from 2021 to 2022, got delayed again. Yeah. And this would have been a really nice trip because uh, the plan was somewhere in East Asia. So we we had pretty good shot. You know, it's smaller tournaments like that where we could actually show up and show maybe a wider audience on location why we deserve bigger majors. But there's there's no opportunity for that. That's the issue right now. It's like there might be some questions as to whether a talent's good enough for a major and they might not be willing right. to take that risk. The intermediary step are smaller tournaments, but... There's no small tournaments. And even even without the pandemic, I don't even know if you can fit that in with DPC. So I don't even know if that's yeah. sustainable. I, I know there's a lot of complications. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to blame it on like talent uh, or like people hiring talent or whatever, because it, it is complicated that, you know, Corona, uh, visa issues, lockdowns, now a war's going on, you know, in, in in all fairness, it's probably the worst time for me to even be bringing this topic up because it does sound like I'm having a whine about something that doesn't really fucking matter in the grand scheme of things. But I just question what the criteria is. That's that's all I'm saying. That's that's what I. That's the question mm. I'd I'd like to ask. And you know, again, I've I've talked to other T1 talent that have been there for a long time, and they kind of agree with what i'm saying like what the fuck's the criteria like what are we how are we deciding who's getting hired and, and why and is there enough representation for in, in fact i don't even know if representation for regions matter quite frankly i think the talent that are there should just do their research and homework and should be prepared to know what to talk about but at the same logistically speaking it is impossible mm. to know everything around the world so i don't blame them for having to leave a region out like sca but then when you've got a team like boom who's coming in and they're probably going to have a good run you're going to feel a bit stupid not doing your research you see like why not just have people that know know something about everything so we can anyway you, you get my i've made my point very clear right that's that's how I'm feeling right now. I know things are things are complicated because again, pandemic, war, lockdowns have been happening for the past couple of years. Who knows, John? Maybe you're right. Like maybe maybe once the lockdowns are over, maybe we do get fly, flown out to those lands that we were supposed to attend. Uh, and for people that aren't aware of the story, basically what happened to John and I is we got an offer to attend the land, which was going to be a, a decent start for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and literally two weeks after we got that offering, uh, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic started. And that was it. It just went down the toilet. And I remember thinking back then to myself, well, do you just keep casting? So what the fuck do you do? There's a, there's a pandemic going on. Do you bother casting anymore? Because John and I don't want to sit here now. I'm sitting in a shed right now, John. It has a leak. <laughs> There's bugs every. It's not a comfortable position. You, you get what I'm saying? Like it's you. You've been stuck in the Philippines with terrible internet. Your 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 neighbors are burning fucking garbage every two seconds for some apparent reason. Like it's not. It's not like we choose to. 
sit here in our homes casting because it's so much fun and the money's you know crazy or anything you know it's at some point you start to ask yourself do we not deserve a land anyway though moving on because you know we'll fucking carry on forever if we keep going with this one john <laughs> how long have we been uh how long have we been talking two hours 11 minutes Jesus. roundabouts mike yep Sheesh. yeah good time Sheesh. You, yeah. you got going there you know uh, i know what happened you know what happens to me too but when we get going we don't shut up mike that's that's our problem we don't shut up yeah. i'm sure your wife tells you as well that i'm sure you get that oh, a lot she does she she does she does <laughs> tell me a lot Jen. let me tell you oh we, we probably should start wrapping it up i think right. we've uh i've had enough ranting time for today uh it's you know it, it's been yeah it's been an interesting time again going back to our initial topic of the podcast you know i'm not gonna say thoughts and prayers because that shit just pisses me off but i you know hearts do go out to the ukraine and it, it's one of those weird feelings like you almost feel guilty like that you can't help the the, the 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 civilian population like I, I it's it's one of those weird situations where you, you watch from across the world and you're just like well, what the fuck can i do you know i can ask my government to imply sanctions or whatever but then it's like that's if you're hurting people civilians of russia is like is that any better you know like what were these sanctions who are they really hurting you know it's it's complicated and my my thing is in war it's always the civilians that suffer the most mm. always without a fucking doubt it's always the civilians always the innocent that end up suffering the most no matter which country's in the right which country's in the wrong and who's being the who's on the defense and who's on the aggressive the fact that it's always the the innocent civilians the the children the 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 women and men that are dying for no fucking reason because some dickhead in a in a big house wants mm. to fucking take over another country you know it's it's always the same shit and it, it does strike a chord with me as well john because i did mention earlier like my, my mother's from syria well well while i am full-blooded armenian per se uh my mother's from syria my dad's from egypt we've we've had to hear about things happening to family there john and i don't want to get too into it because it's very dark but it's very it's very relatable what's happening now in ukraine is what i'm saying but at the same time i do also think about the russian civilians because they're, they're not the ones starting a war at the end of the day. They're, the, they're protesting against it. Or as far as what I can see anyway. So I don't know. I, I just hope this shit ends faster than it started. You know, that, that's all I can say. Yeah, hopefully it does. And hopefully by next week we have new, better news to talk about. Oh, right? You so. said last week. You said the same thing, unfortunately. Not been the best, but we'll see. We'll, we'll find out next week. Uh, thanks for dropping by. That's going to be it for this run. Thanks for tuning in for about two hours. We'll see you guys next week. Um, again, um, I'm going to look a bit different by next week. So look forward to that. Actually, Mike, I'm not sure if I can do next week because I need the, the resting period for my eyes. We'll see. We'll, we'll work that schedule out, but we'll catch right. you guys next time. And hope you all take care of yourselves and have a great time. See ya. Mwah.